straight riffing is filmed in front of a live internet audience. I am riffing. Mitch is riffing. What can I say? Straight riffing. Do you know how fucking desperate I am for some comfort in my life? I need that to This show is intended for mature audiences only. I've seen a lot of this. I don't know how much more disgusting this experience could get. Are you really not having a good time? I'm having a fantastic time. I just can't believe how disgusting you are. I kept yelling at him. I'm not going to whip the dick out. We talked about that. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Featuring your host, Mitch Marzoni. I don't walk around going like, hey, I'm really weird. Look at me, I'm weird. As far as I'm concerned, I'm perfectly normal. It's uh, it's a litmus test for people. And Teddy Tuxin. I'm a hate mercenary. Yeah. All right. All right. Hate mercenary. Hate, hate, hate for hire. Hate for hire. I should put on good disguise. There are two victimless crimes, all right? One, jerking off when your window's open. Two, <laughs> necrophilia. I'm confessing to a large-scale crime. Okay. All right. right Legs akimbo engaged in sexual discourse. Come on, man. What kind of guest are you? It's archive. For posterity. Great internet. So, uh, it'll, uh, it'll come back to haunt you every day. It's time to riff. Oh, that is right, bitches and motherfuckers. It is Monday, July 30th, episode 72, and it's time to riff the fuck on. I am your host, Reverend Mitch, and with me, as always, is the difficult brown, the hater for hire, Mr. Teddy. TMI Tutson, how the fuck are you, sir? Oh, Mitch, I'm uh, still standing on that episode 72 riffing on that Chicago Bulls greatest regular season record of all time riffing. You don't know nothing about that 72 riffing, Mitch. You no, don't know no certainly nothing. Don't. No, certainly don't. Certainly don't. And our uh, <laughs> special guest this evening, comedian Cody. How are you? Hello, bitches and motherfuckers. <laughs> That felt forced. Yeah, no, that was no, that was I good, was, man. I was trying to fit in, guys. It's okay. It's all right. How are you? How are I'm things? Good. How are you? Uh, uh, Thanks for having me. On edge Uh-oh. with all the tech issues. Mitch prior is a to bit show. a bit yeah. frazzled because his his technological upgrade has has turned on him in some way. Blowing yeah. your mind. Yeah. yeah. I, I, new uh, monitors, new OS. It's too real for you, Mitch. It's too much, bro. Normally it would go off without a hitch, but this is. I think this is the first time I've upgraded that one because it's. You know, it's a custom. So it's a hackintosh, as they say. So it's like, a, it's who, not who a, are those they? They they would be everybody who's not Apple, basically. No, it's, it's like it's not Apple sanctioned hardware, mm. but off, it's their operating system. You're off so, the grid, Mitch. Like they're like, listen, don't use our shit on non-Apple hardware. And then they were like, by the way, we're going to start using all the parts you can buy at the store, but also still don't use our software on non-sanctioned hardware. So they. It's a kind of a, a game you got to play. Hackers are fucking... And, uh, are, are, I should have realized I should not upgrade right after a new OS release. I should wait a few choice. weeks for everybody to clear out the kinks, but I did not. How tech-savvy so, are you, Cody? I'm in, like, the weird position of, like, I'm pretty tech-savvy. Like, if my dad or my mom have, like... They don't know anything about, like, email <laughs> or anything. So, like, if they have a problem, I, I, I can pretty much fix it. That being said, like, I, I there's this part of me that just hates technology. You're so like, this fucking like no new like throws. Are you big yeah. you're not a big Twitter then, I'm guessing. I I tweet. I tweet, tweet occasionally. I'm pre- I'm pretty new to the whole tweet thing. Still figuring it out. Yeah, I like it actually. I like it more than Facebook cuz I feel like Facebook like it shows too much information almost. That's fair. 
It's fair to say. Okay. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. But uh, Twitter is fun for, for like a writing standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just like, how can I structure a joke and get somebody to laugh in like a hundred and how many characters? So, yeah, it's I like it. But. So you, you fucking, you hacker types always blow my mind. I always loved reading about you because, like, like the dudes who always don't like reading fucking, about me. Yeah, so bitch. Just like, give me yeah, a call and yeah, call bitch, you bitch, like about to put, me? Put, put my dossier together on All your right. types. But, like, like when those kids were just uh, hacking the Sony, you know, the mainframe or whatever, they got all the, like, the Sony, uh, the PlayStation, like, whatever their online for Xbox Live equivalent it is, you know? Oh, sure, they're just, sure. They're just, just like, you know, they're now, just yeah. like, how, like, it's just like, I, like, I've never... I've like I did a lot of weird shit on the internet, you know, but I never was that other side of the internet where I'm like I'm just going around stealing four hundred thousand usernames. Surprise, bitches! Like that shit is so crazy like to those, me. Uh, like those anonymous guys, right? Yeah, like yeah. that, like that other side. Like Mitch is like deep in that side of the internet. He's well, always... to be fair, they didn't. <laughs> just gave him away. <laughs> no, no, no. Black no, no. 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 No, I'm not. Uh, Everyone bail. I'm not at all involved in any of that. Uh, I guess I probably wouldn't say if I was, but I'm just not. <laughs> But, but I mean, it's, it just doesn't Way do to it. Tip your head, it doesn't interest me at all. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, you, you still though. You still on that on that same side of the grid. Like, you know. Well, what I was going to say is what they they didn't they didn't go like, oh, we're going to hack Sony and steal a bunch of passwords. It's it, it's more like they noticed a huge gaping security hole, and they were like. You know, it's a kind well, of how do you know it's a huge gaping security hole in someone's? Let me give you a metaphor. I'll give you a metaphor. I will give you a metaphor. Let's say you were just walking down the hallway in an apartment complex and you saw a door open about a foot, mm-hmm. and you'd be like, "Do they know their doors open a foot?" And you might give it a knock, and nobody answers, and you're like, "Peek your head in, hello, hello," and nobody answers, so you're like. Hmm. And you notice, sitting in the middle of the living room, a pile of cash. You'd be like, eh. I, I mean, I'm not a robber. I didn't come here to steal a pile of mm-hmm. cash, but it's I'm just sitting money, there. Bro. That's, how, that's how people get shot, yeah, it's like, Or like, okay, let's say you... Let me give you another example. Let's say you find somebody's cell phone, right? And you're like, I, I, you're, you're thinking, well, I'll get it back to them. I will call their mom or dad or sister or brother. Yeah. You know, and you say you look for sister, dad, you don't see anything. You scroll through and you see Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt, and you're like, holy shit, this person knows a lot of people. Yeah, but I feel you know like... It's in, the same kind of thing. And like that metaphor, though, I feel like what the hacktivist groups are doing are they find that cell phone and find, you know, the sister, but then they, like, take a picture of their dick and, like, text <laughs> Like, that's, like, the equivalent. Like, they're going, they notice the door's open, but they'll, like, pull all your shit out of the living room into the front yard just to, like, sure, yeah. know those yeah. guys. Like, why not just be like, hey, guys, your door's open. Because here's the other thing, too, right? Like, how do you even see? Maybe I should have said a bit. How do you even see that door's open, Mitch? Because here's the thing, right? Like, you're like, well, they notice a security hole, but are we browsing on the same sites? Because that's what I'm saying. Like, Cody and I are probably on the same internet, and we get on the same webpage, and we don't see no fucking security holes, man. Let me we get it. Let me, give, the let me give you an example. Matrix style. Let me give you, you know? an example. Yeah. We're not even walking in the same hallway as you, dude. One of one of my clients. Uh, shining and One shit. of my clients. <laughs> one of my clients has a competitor who uh, makes websites for other clients, and that's sort of what I do. And uh, their competitor makes a lot of these websites and brags about how secure and everything else they are. And I noticed that in the URL string, which is you know the thing in the address bar, if you will, um, there was just plain text, like it would say. Uh, you know, hello, Steve, or whatever, let's just say. And uh, all over the page that came up would be the words, hello, Steve. And I was like, 
I'm going to test something. And I started typing random shit in as you are, and it would show up on the website. And I was like, these fucking guys don't even block the the string from showing up on the web page, which means they're passing it straight through their script, which is bad news. So when you see something like that as somebody like me, you go, well, I'm going to do an end command, start new command. And if you do that, and they totally left it open, the new command might be, give me all of your users. And if it just, and sometimes that will output to the, I'm not going to tell you if that happens, but sometimes <laughs> that will, in fact, output their entire user database. That's basically what happened with Sony. Somebody was like, noticed something that you, that, that seems like a huge gaping security error based on how their, their, uh, their software functioned and said, I'm going to, I'll bet you, I'll bet you could do this. Right. And in fact, it worked. And uh, Sony made their, made the biggest mistake. They, they, they stored all the passwords in what's called plain text, which means if your password was, you know, ABC123, it would see, you'd see in the database ABC123. That's just no, no, the, you don't do that. What you're supposed to do is the new run a bunch of functions against it to output this 64-bit, if you want 64-bit encryption, 64-bit string of text and things like this that's impossible to uh, reverse engineer. Unless you have the all the pieces that made that string, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. So... Like, that's where that's Sony made thing. a huge, this huge blunder. Right? So like, they dragged all their shit out in the front yard. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Well, this is the thing, though, right? Like you were looking for some shit to drag out into the front yard. I feel yeah, like it's a yeah. difference because that's why I should have same... gone bank. I should have been like, imagine yeah, if you were yeah, giving yeah, yeah. your money to a bank and then you found out that there was like a, a, a hole next yeah. to the bank vault that somebody could stick their hand through and just start pulling out money. You wouldn't trust that bank, yeah. theoretically. Now that's a very fair point. I would I would be very suspicious of a bank that had allowed someone to just drill a hole in. <laughs> they could <Yeah>. just <laughs> freehand money out. Hey, guys. <laughs> yeah. You'd be, you'd be like, super is, suspicious. This is be like, the this most is... disturbingly <laughs> unsecure bank of all time. Yeah. Do you like, have no we cameras? Just, we trust our users. What can I say? <laughs> we trust our customers. We don't want to think they're all a bunch of bank robbers. So, you know, if, if you, don't, if don't you, want, you want to write, reach your hand through and start pulling money out, you know. Anyway, that's about the that's about the best metaphor I can give okay. you. Is that's that it is, you know that's you see good. a thing and you go, oh maybe that's well played. So there you go. I'll accept that metaphor for you. Uh, I'm I'm below that level of uh, computer uh, expertise. What are you pointing out? Nothing. Not no, that was okay. uh, yeah. that okay. was me. That was me approving your metaphor. Oh, that was a real right. Okay. All solid right. like right. Australian football judge style. Like, well, I just hey. so you know, in case you're ever like, how did this happen? A lot of times I'm gonna be like, I don't know. I can give you like metaphors, but I couldn't actually do it. I'm not that yeah. good. Thanks. If I was, I wouldn't be probably doing this. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like in a mansion or something like that. Thanks for the metaphor, though, because yeah, that's like, what I do. like when that's you get to like source code or HTTP, that's my wall. That's HTTP where, is your wall. Yeah, like you know. Let me, like, let me break the wall down. Like, no, oh, stands like, for hypertext like, transfer. That's my limit. Protocol. Like I can, Stop I can it. set up like Wi-Fi. I can do that. But then second, I see like it looks like the Matrix to me. Like see, I just don't know. What's that's going what I'm on. trying to communicate here. Like me and Cody on the on the technologically savvy side of the spectrum where like uh, we'll come in and we'll set up your whole operation you know mm-hmm. what I mean but then like when shit pops off and like some real technical shit happens and like the screen of death comes up and just yeah. a bunch of garbled garble starts hopping up on mm-hmm. screen that's when we would turn to the Mitch side of the internet where y'all motherfuckers is like hacktivist things and what have you this is the thing in the shadows this is the thing that frustrates me about people in, in this era because it's not like cars you know what I'm saying like the, the 
the yeah. whole thing where, I mean, if your car spit out an error code, oh, man, that would change my life. But it doesn't. <laughs> hey, you got to go to the mechanic. Well, it's making a weird noise. And they're like, I don't know what, from where. And you're like, I don't know while I'm driving. But what are you doing? I'm pressing the accelerator. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, you got to give them all these clues. Uh, the thing about computer errors is you can just Google shit. And most of the time you can Google the exact message that came up. That comes up when you're like, oh, why? Every time I try to do this, I get a message, and nobody ever Google's the message. They just go like, I don't know. It keeps coming up with this message. I Google the message. All right. Yeah. Well, if you Google the message, it's sometimes uh, the shit is still easy. very confusing. I, got, I Google the message and I get like some response and some like Apple forum from right. like 2008. Dude. Yeah, you're and like, just like you, you get, not my yeah, you get so deep yeah. in these fucking message boards where people are just like, help me, please. Yeah. Will someone respond? Bump, bump. And there's just no help for anybody, Mitch. So don't you dare say that there's nobody Look, Googling. I don't the have I don't have service manuals. I never went to fucking college. How do I know all this shit? Googling. Because I Googled it. That's why because I Googled it. Weeds, baby. Because I Googled it. I didn't just go I didn't throw my hands up and go, Well, I guess it'll just be broken. You didn't land on <laughs> Plymouth Rock. Buy a new one. That's that's what a lot of people do. Start or if you're a chick, it's like pretend to like nerds for a week, and then you know find a, and then one of them comes over to fix your computer. Is available yeah. to, not not to you, no. I but, wish. but to chicks, it, I'm telling you. That's what I think of every time some chicks like, oh, I, you know what I like is nerds. Like, no, you like buff guys the same as always. You just prefer if they can also fix your computer. You just, Let's be fair. You just don't know why your YouTube's not working. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's yeah. what happened to the cat videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, uh, you know, every time you meet a chick who's like, I, you know, humor is number one. What I like is funny, guys. Again, it's like, yeah, no, you still like, you know, attractive, yeah. well-built angular men it's just if they're also funny <laughs> that's a nice bonus yeah but you're not gonna you're not gonna take uh uh louis anderson over uh dane cook or whatever yeah. you don't know bro louis anderson's got some real solid demographics out there mm -hmm. he's got i guess he'd have to be he is married oh there you go son dane ain't got no ring on it you know Everybody what i like it enough to put a ring on it yeah. you, you know what you know what thought fucks me up about once a month Hmm. At some point, someone on this planet said, you know that Dick Cheney? He'd make a fine husband. Like, you realize that somebody thought that and mm -hmm. continues to think that every day. There's probably lives. multiple people out there that think that. There's probably someone who's I just like, can't you, believe anybody if you slip up, that. I will steal your, your, your cold-hearted, dead-inside husband. Yeah. I mean, but who looks at him and goes like, that's a, that's a hell of a man. With his I submit to you 30% uh, of the E-Network's audience. Yeah. Those For are the Dick types. Cheney? Those are the no. types, bro. Those are the no. types. You e Network me? is like chicks and bikinis. They're going no, out to like dude, Jersey Shore guys. Listen, Come on now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put this out here, okay? I watched a little bit of uh, uh, some uh, some anthropological uh, research of Keeping Up with the Kardashians just to see <laughs> what Ryan Seacrest's blood money has birthed to the world. Yeah, what's that have to do with Seacrest? How's, it's uh, his, how's it's, he his, it's his show. He is he is the executive producer behind all those shit. His Ryan Seacrest. So he's production. the guy I've always been Ryan like, Seacrest is the, the person porno. that you hate. 
But he is the one who is behind all those shitty, like lower tier e reality shows. Is there higher ones? Yeah, higher tier. Yeah, Kardashians are the elite of the elite. The new one with the Jonas brother being married—that's Seacrest as well, too. And now he's on the Olympics. Oh my god! Don't even get me started on that shit, yeah. dude. That is so fucking infuriate. Are you? I don't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you're a big Seacrest fan here, um, Cody. I'm sorry. No, no. I don't. Nobody's <laughs> listen. Nobody's a Seacrest fan. There's no yeah. such thing. Seacrest is. It's Se- not that he's most hated. The reason why you pick Seacrest is because you don't have to worry that he's going to say the goddamn chinks on the air. You don't <laughs> have to worry. That the network threaded in yeah, the yeah. yeah. They're like, listen, we you can't say retards. You can't say retards. Goddamn yeah. chinks. No retards, no word <laughs> faggots, no yeah. anti-gay slurs, no, 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 no lengthy racial speeches, nothing. You know that Seacrest is safe. He's not suddenly going to get caught with a dead hooker. You know he's not going to go off on some fucking tirade that's going to get him thrown off. He's safe. He's boring. He's not particularly entertaining. He's not funny. He's not. But he's he's got a charm. We got to give him that. He's got a little bit of charm to him. Give him that. Sure. A little bit of charisma. Just enough. Not too much. Because then again, dead hookers. You don't want that. Uh, he's safe. You can give him a thing, and it'll get taken. Here's care the thing, of. though. That's why he yeah. does what he does. And he's, he's a easy he's to a go for. Soul, he's like a soulless sucky. Yeah, he doesn't. He's a humanoid. Like, he'll anything. take it. Yeah, he'll take it. Yeah, exactly. Anything. He doesn't give a shit. He has no opinions. That's why you go after Seagrass. It's like he has no opinions. He's a good-looking guy, and nobody like hates him per se. You know what I mean? Mm. In the same way that like he's not a Rush Limbaugh or whatever. He's not a Bill Maher. Except that's because Nobody's no got one strong knows opinions. that he is flooding the streets just saying, the nobody has. If we connect the dots, the people will rise up and they will it's, unite he's against a, He's a middle of the road, boring he's, he's white bread. And that's why he could get away with the worst kind of evil. I know. Look, I'm not saying the that he's not. The banality of Seacrest, if you will. I hate him. That's fine. I'm just saying the reason why you will see him forever for the rest of your yeah. life is because he's he's Dick Clark all over. Again. No, he literally. I mean, he got graced by Dick Clark. He's yeah. got New Year's Eve, man. He's got that whole thing now. He's got New Year's Eve. Then they're giving him the Olympics. He's got his whole network e. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, pitchforks need to come out on Seacrest. That motherfucker needs to know he's like one more shitty reality Dude, show. Away. The thing the thing about the pitchforks against Ryan Seacrest is that everybody would just be like, why? Because yeah. they just wouldn't. Because he just doesn't do anything. He just, you know what I'm saying? Like he's not a strong personality to you, where you can take to the streets with him. Mm-hmm. People would just be like, whatever. He's a guy. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's the. That's why he is where if he is. He'll a, just be uh, doing what he does forever. He'll just be a mediocre, lame guy. It's, you if know. there's a pitchfork party against TMZ, though, I would join. Them. Yes. Now I would join that in a heartbeat. Let's talk. I, let's I've talk never, about I've never watched it until I had to get like some work done in my car, and I was like stuck in like that Honda limbo like waiting room, and that's <laughs> all they had. Oh god! And, True. Like, I don't know why they do that. It drives me nuts. Play History Channel or something. You know? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll watch advertisements for like local businesses rather. Yeah, those than, are gyms, man. That's yeah. some creativity that's <laughs> out of this world. Crazy, Eddie. Yeah. Than TMZ, but. The thing about TMZ is like they're actually like really good at like investigative journalism and like the way that they do it, right? Like, just muckraking, like finding just getting just dirty, finding shit out. Like, no shame. There needs to be like a TMZ for like bankers or something. Yes. you know, like to yes. use that skill again. We're writing. Like, where is the actual, TMZ for Wall Street yeah, on the board? That's, that's what's going on right we now. Got, we already got the TM. Written. <laughs> 
But no, that's that is like that is the thing that is I think so infuriating. It's like the fucking resources at their disposal. You, you you're, got, like, yeah. you're like, my God, man, you add nothing to the world. You lost sleep, <laughs> you know, over whether or not Tom Cruise, you know, ate a sandwich today or something. Like right? that's you have you have we go now live to the uh, the supposed yeah. sandwich. Yeah, it's uh, like you have a camera crew. You'll see the cross work cut off in advance. Celebrities that have not had any kind of relevance for over 25 years and they have a fucking camera person waiting for them at the airport hoping to get them in some sort of antagonistic bullshit and it's like you could not do that with any single one of those masters of the universe on Wall Street you're telling me you couldn't just build a website that people wouldn't flock to with those motherfuckers, just here's the like, problem. Here's the problem from a logistics standpoint. Let's say Bernie Madoff before the whole Bernie Madoff thing uh, kicked off, which you know that did that got TMZ. They were all up in a tizzy on Bernie Madoff. Uh, where are they at now? I'm just uh, I'm just saying it could happen. Where are they at now, Mitch? <laughs> Obviously not on him because he's, he's either was he dead or is he in jail? I mean he's done. He's done. My point is, if you just showed like a random banker guy, everybody would be like, who? this? And they'd be like, he has a lot of money. And you'd be like, why do I care? He's got a... Going back to dead hookers. It's yeah. going to be a dead hooker no, show. but here's the thing. Like, we found this guy with a dead hooker, and everybody just be like, who's he? Well, he's got a lot of money. You know, and he's a banker. They always find out all these bankers guys are, like, blowing boys, like, exactly. in some, like, brothel Thank somewhere. You, Co- you know, like, bringing it tonight, like, there's son. something to do. And, like, I feel like... I don't disagree I like with you. The problem get is pissed like, off though if they're like, you know, you don't know him, but he's the reason why you're not in a house anymore. That's what I'm right. saying. That was no, listen, fine. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. No, Mitch, you know, I don't that. think it's that hard because first of all, you've got the very, the very you're talking like, about the, the you've got the debaucherous angle. You're no. talking about the people who pay the salaries of the people they currently follow around. That's not easy. Pickings. I get it. I get you it. But there's saying? one dude out there who would fund it. There's got to be someone who would fund that project because those are all his best friends. Yeah, who's got that? Kind of money. off the grid dude with two <laughs> monitors somewhere. Yeah. There's like, but it's you've got the hookers and blow and the just debaucherous, terrible things aspect. These dudes have all kinds of illicit secrets that they've hidden yeah. away. You've also got the fact that they are just the most narcissistic, self-indulgent, ostentatious douchebags alive, and they court attention. So you could feed into that yeah. sense of narcissism to your own benefit. They wouldn't even be realizing how deeply they were being exploited. You could tell them you were exploiting them, and they would still bite down on the line. Sure. And you make them into a known person. I mean, yeah. half of these assholes who are on TMZ aren't, they're like, people don't even really know them outside of that TMZ sphere, but TMZ's built this crazy little audience to the point that if you take a vacation to LA, you'll take a TMZ tour, which I see those buses and like, I hope a tire blows out sometimes on them because oh, yeah. it's the most disgusting thing in the world when I see people on that. I'm like, are you really spending your fucking money on this? Mm-hmm. Is this really, this is probably the highlight of your LA vacation, which is gross. Yeah, no, yeah, those things are those are. But I mean, it's just they're just slapping a logo on the lame, stupid fuck tours that were already there. It is a logo that means something. No, I, I'm not disagreeing. With you. There, if I, it I'm, was just a fucking hey, like hey, LA regular tour, I, I, you're like, nah, I don't want to go. I on don't that. care. They saw those and they were like, ooh, TMZ, I want to go on that tour. Obviously, I see that the, shit. The, the problem is that the answer to TMZ and the tabloids and all of this is the same as it's ever been. Just the guillotines. Uh, you just it's the it it is what the market will bear. And the market wants to see this dumb shit. And I'm with you. It's fucking mindless and terrible. I submit to you, however, the market, though, could be changed. Much like he's saying, I I think a market exists for the kind 
of muckraking journalism I think it that does Cody's too. talking about. But this is the, this what's, is the thing. Here's funny. my example. Hold on, Mitch. Hold on. All right. Here's my example for you. Like like a Swiffer, okay? A Swiffer, like, there was mops. Always. There's always been mops, okay? But Swiffer's Swiffer basically just... Yeah, but people Useless. buy that shit, okay? Because right. Swiffer was like, hey, you didn't even realize there was a market for this thing mm. that was like a better mop. We just like shifted the market a little way this way in our favor. Someone could it's easily take mop, the TMZ. It is basically the mop no. replacement kind of thing. No, yeah. you're talking about the Swiffer with the water jet. I'm talking about regular Swiffer. No, the line. regular Swiffer is basically a broom for hardwood floors. No, son, you can't get up anything son. with it. You ever try to get anything up with? You ever, yes, I've gotten up plenty of things test. with Swiffer. Actually, here's my mop it's, test. Bitch, you don't throw up you and don't then try to clean it with it. just a Swiffer. You're going to be in hell, Cody. Yeah, and, in and hell. Like, I, I like the Swiffer, but it does like you have to put it in some serious elbow grease. Yeah, a mop would do the job in half a second. It's just it's easier to have a Swiffer just in a picking up. Anything beyond. It's a regular CSI episode. In the commercial, in the they'll show like half a glass of Kool-Aid dripped on a hardwood floor. Yeah, you could get that with a Swiffer, but I could get that with a paper towel. Like, I don't need it. You know what I'm saying? You don't saying? need to the, spend $20 on it. You don't need it. The Swiffer is useless. It's absolutely useless. A, no, yeah. so you, 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 go, you, go, you go minimize Here's the Swiffer. thing about that market. What's interesting is that, you remember that show that Michael Moore had for a brief while? Um, on HBO? Yeah, it was like he had maybe a season, if that. It was like mm-hmm. six episodes or something like that. It's like just before Bowling for Columbine. In one of those episodes, he did a thing. He did a skit uh, that he was like, you know, I like that show Cops, you know, because as a, as a standard citizen, you go, all right, they're getting the bad guys, and we get to watch. Right? And he's like, well, why, why don't we do that for, like, high-profile bankers on Wall Street? So he had a skit yeah. where it was, like, cops for Wall Street, where they were, like, pulling guys off the... Pulling guys out of banks and stuff like that, and then running them down on the street. There could and be a market else. for that. I, yeah, I, I watched. What's interesting is that, that, that would yeah. be the that would be the that would be the guy to do it. You ought to bring a letter writing campaign to Michael Moore and go, "Hey, you've got a fuck ton of money. Remember that skit? And you, you know these guys? Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's Cody. Let's let Cody run with that one. That's his. That's his love child. Now you can yeah. 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 hit up Michael Moore and get some correspondence action with Michael Moore going. I mean, there's plenty of dudes with money, bro, who hate fuck. Fucking bankers, and would love to see them humiliated on a regular syndicated basis. Yeah, if we have nine shows about like pawn shops, like we could Thank totally you. have one. That's of those what I'm shows. saying, dude. I don't doubt that you it's could. Just, I just, I'm merely saying it that does, it yeah, does sound a little bit like you're doubting that we could. No, sometimes. I'm merely giving you a dose of reality, and the dose of reality is for Fuck all the things, reality. all the things you're talking about are the people. That are paid, uh, whose salaries are paid for by the guys you're trying to go after. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Like that's a that's a tough tough thing to sell. You well, need yeah. somebody who has that much money. You'd need like Bill Gates or something like that. You'd have to. Do, but you, Bill Gates is like he's got his own thing. He's, it wouldn't be I mean, network, you know, but he's, maybe he's like, paid know, a lot of money towards yeah. super high base. I like, just found out the other day, yeah, Bill Gates need, put more yeah. money into charity uh, in the last uh, ten years. Than the net worth of the third richest guy on the Forbes list. Yeah, that's a it's a crazy amount of money. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and people he still, would probably be the guy, and people still call him an asshole. Yeah, well, for I mean, like people. To be still fair, I think he's making sucks. up for a lot of. I think he's made making up for a lot of sins of of the early eighties and the, the mid eighties and shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was. It's not without. It's not without its uh, basis in reality. I mean, he was quite a quite a shrewd businessman. So. Mm-hmm. Quite. You have to be. You mean you, come on, man. You don't but, get. You, know you don't what? get thirty six like billion without being a little ruthless. Thirty six. How much? Is, how much? Is, are you kidding me? How much? Thirty six. Three hundred and sixty billion. That's, billion. What, that's what like Mark Zuckerberg has in his pocket. Excuse right me. Now. Yeah. Sorry. 
<laughs> How much? Uh, well, now probably less, uh, quite a bit less, theoretically. I think he, I think he's actually off the Forbes. This is like no, this I think is, he's off the Forbes top ten now. You know what? Like I would just, you know, I, I guess the he opposite. had enough money at one point. He literally had enough money. I remember I, I calculated. It. He had enough money. I think in like ninety nine or two thousand, he had enough money to literally give every single person on the planet a thousand dollars and still be a multimillionaire. That's how much money he had. Yeah, he could have got like everybody a computer. Or yeah, he could have been like, "There you go. Nice. You've yeah, all got computers now, rebuild. and I'm still a multimillionaire." He could rebuild yeah. Africa essentially, and still yeah. be a multimillionaire. He could own out. He could just buy Africa. He'd be like, yeah. "How much? Hey, settle down. I got that. I said rebuild. I could that. that. Yeah, hey, no. <laughs> well, I mean, you'd want to rebuild something. You, why? Why would you rebuild land you don't own? Uh, because it's the right thing to do. I'm just saying, buy it, <laughs> develop it. You know. You yes, like, he could. You sound very colonial right now. Look, I'm not talking about the people. You sound like the, the opening ceremony of the Olympics. <laughs> Talk about the land. Oh, the people ain't on the land? You sound very... You, you sound- know, my last apartment complex got purchased while I was living there. I was not bought as a person. They just bought the fucking building I lived in. You're lucky. Yeah, I guess. You're lucky. <laughs> I'm like, guess what? You're going to remodel this place. See, we're living here when we bought it. We own you now, too. Have you I'm always lived so in this neighborhood? In like uh, Hollywood? Not so always. Like, no, I, I know people who say like they live in Hollywood. Like, you live like in yeah, the yeah, fucking yeah. Hollywood. Like, I always, <laughs> What's your dream? I like walk by like three guys smoking crack in yeah. like broad daylight. Yeah. Like, Isn't that shit as wild? That's how you live it's in Hollywood. Like, what the fuck? Like... <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel it's like the I, weirdest mix of like super attractive women who are just like you know want to be actresses and are kind of close to Studio City, not too far from Santa Monica. And then you have like guys who could be the next Aurora guy, like you know, like just like crazy people, just like walking around. Well, that's yeah. that's where I like to call home. I, I have yeah. lived on this block <laughs> on and off for about the past uh, seven years now. Yeah. I've lived up and down this block. Yeah. But I moved away for a year to West uh, West L.A., and that was miserable. When I when I moved out of there, I was like, I'm going back to that fucking block I loved so much. I found a complex. Mm-hmm. It got caught on fire. So I moved next door. <laughs> you know. They you know bought, how it happened. As things happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. They bought the building that I moved into. Somebody. The the uh, place. Some some. Contractor people bought that the building I was in, and we're like, "We're too. no." That was my bad. <laughs> I, thankfully, that the lightning did not strike twice in that situation. They just bought it, and they were like, "We're remodeling, so you need to go." And they were like, "If you want another apartment in this building," and it was ridiculous. I went from paying, I was paying eleven fifty for that place or eleven twenty something like that. They wanted me to pay seventeen eighty something. I was yeah. like, for the same exact apartment, no. That's yeah. absolutely not happening. Am I getting my own hooker or something? Am I getting my own like team of dwarves that will clean the place while I'm sleeping? That would be awesome. No. Possibly. It was like all the amenities that they had added on while I was living there. And then new appliances. And I was like, no, that's just bullshit. So yeah. then I found out that this two-bed, two-bath place, who I actually used to live in this building with a roommate years ago, it, one up and one over, uh, it was actually cheaper to live here than to stay there. Hmm. So I moved into this, and that's why we have a new studio here. Woo. But yeah, it is. It's it's it's. I like the fact that it's like Heart of Hollywood. I can walk to many bars, mm-hmm. get shit-faced, and mm-hmm. stumble home. Yeah. That's what I live for. Where where are you at? What, I'm in what's Echo your Park. Area? Oh, okay. So yeah, I'm in Echo Park. So it's a little scary too. Yeah, and you got uh, some good bars out there. I too. got some great bars. Yeah, I got yeah. the Echo Echo Plex. I love you know like indie rock and that kind of thing. So it's a it's a great area. Is that but, walking distance? Yeah, I live. It's nice, like nice. Three minute walk, but um, 
Yeah, well, the thing that amazes me about this neighborhood is like this is where all the tourists come. That's what, yeah, that's what like, I was gonna say. I like I, I've lived in LA for like now like five years. I've I've fallen in love with this city. I call it my home. It's just it's an amazing city. But nobody like really goes to like the tourists don't really go to like the nice parts of it. It's like Never. always like Hollywood Boulevard. It's like. Well, what it's, do you it's, see? it's weird how if Hollywood it's smoke and mirrors. If you literally Hollywood and Highland, which is like the yeah. big mecca, it does look fancy right oh, yeah. there, like on that corner. Mm-hmm. If you walk up a block, oh, you're fucked. Don't yeah. do that. But like, any, yeah, if you yeah. walk any direction away from <laughs> just Hollywood and Highland, you yeah. get yeah. hit with a dust actually reality. right along Hollywood yeah. Boulevard. It's they do a reasonably good job at making it seem like it's a bus leading up to Highland. But like the moment you step off of Hollywood Boulevard. Oh yeah, it's it's. Well, I think this is the you thing. You are where I live. Where it's, I mean, I, I think it's weird. Like the TMZ tour is weird. That's why I think it's so that that whole thing. It because what's been exported as this like very odd, as this glamorous, you know, exquisite. Right. Yeah. Life and you think Hollywood, oh, it's fucking amazing, and it's just ritzy, 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 and then you, you, you have and people. They think they're gonna see stars. I, nobody comes. To no Hollywood. one. No famous people. They're, no. <laughs> they come here Putting once them. a year, yeah. and that's to the Oscars. Ooh, ooh, Booger walked behind me in traffic yesterday. Booger? Booger from Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> the Booger. You consider him a star? So? Well, I'm just saying that happened. <laughs> just, it's just something that happened yesterday. Yeah. Because I was in a car with two other comics. Yeah. And he was about to take a left, and I was in the back seat, and I saw in the rearview mirror, Booger. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, right behind us is Booger. Booger is behind your car. And then Justin Rumpel turned... And he was like laughing real quick, and then he goes, "Holy shit, that is Booger!" Because he thought I was just saying like a guy who looks like Booger. And Alex yeah. had no idea who Booger was, so we had to school him. And uh, it's weird because I saw him about eight years ago when I first moved to Hollywood yeah. uh, at a restaurant with his wife and kids, and he had a BMW or a Mercedes, something like that. And yesterday he was just driving a Honda Civic. Did you sh- so. like sh- get the shout at him like Booger? No, no, I yeah. didn't. I, I felt like he probably had a. Look, if he's driving a worse car now than he was back then, some, <laughs> yeah. and he's alone now, but he was with his family then, I'm like, now I kind of worry about the guy. Like, is when he you everything see, okay with him? Because, I mean, everybody who pretty much lives in Hollywood has seen a famous person at one point in time. I feel like, sure, do yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you like, point him out, like, hey, or do you just sort of leave them alone? No, I'll leave your, him alone for leave the... Leave him alone. Uh, yeah, it's it's happened to me a few times where I've been in a social situation, in a yeah. private social situation, mm-hmm. and a famous person is there. Yeah. And it's that thing where you go, okay, I can't acknowledge the fact, but they know that I know. So I just, but I'm just not gonna, if they end, if I end up in a conversation with them, maybe I'll be like, by the way, I loved your work in blank, and yeah. then get back to the conversation. Yeah. Um, I had on, on, uh, on Oscar night, if I think it was oh seven or oh eight, I had dinner with the bad guy from the crow. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know that guy. The guy uh, who, I can't remember his name. Michael. Uh, he's on twenty four. Oh, the first he? season of twenty four. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's a he's one he of my favorite great bad guy. Of all yeah. time. He's killer. Yeah, and uh, bang bang fuck, I'm dead. He's the guy who accidentally <laughs> killed the crow. Yeah, yeah, he's the, the he's the guy who pulled the trigger. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's true. That's right. Yeah. Somebody get that fucking crow out of here. Yeah. So I, I was with a friend, and she was like, I'm meeting up with another friend. He's performing at this jazz club, blah, blah, blah. And you ought to come with. And I was like, all right, I don't think I want to do this at all, but all right. And she 
turns out like just new fucking i don't know all of hollywood she somehow got her way in like in a very short time within like mm-hmm. six months she wasn't particularly like, hot or anything she's an attractive girl but not model hot or anything right she wasn't slutty didn't sleep around she was she was kind of a weird Ooh, chick cool. but she was a good good girl uh, some other day but uh the point is so somehow she just knew like all these famous people yeah but never said anything which was weird because she would just invite me places and then would be like oh yeah you should meet my friend you know john or whatever and you'd be like oh my god it's you know yeah john favreau or whatever not literally but uh-huh. so this was one of those she was like my friend's playing a jazz club and her friend was playing a jazz club and he he probably was some famous musician but i don't know and uh so we met up with him, and he's like, we're going to go to dinner. I'm going to dinner with Michael. Uh, you guys want to join us? And I was like, all right. And I had no idea who Michael was. And then we got there, and I was like, oh. And, uh, and he spent most of the dinner. I, I did make one faux pas where he said uh, he said something. He was talking to his friend. They were talking about Hollywood. Because this is, you know, Oscar night, so that was the time to bitch about Hollywood. So he's bitching about Hollywood, and he goes, you know why everybody hates Sean Penn? And I was like, because he's a douchebag? Like, and he goes, no, because he fucking speaks his mind. I was like, okay, okay, I said the wrong thing. <laughs> I didn't realize. And then I, like, much later looked it up, and I was like, oh, they went to school together. They're, like, best friends. Okay. okay. Yeah, and, Yeah, I definitely said the wrong thing. But that would be one of those situations where I was just, like, in a thing where I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that guy's here. I have to, like, play it cool. Yeah. That's weird. So, have you been, you, you, what do you do I've when you see a... I've had a couple of weird, like, uh, I usually leave them alone because I would think if people came up to me that I didn't know, I would kind of be weirded out by that. But, uh, I've had a couple of weird ones. I, too, saw Sean Penn at a bar. Oh, I didn't see him. Oh, you didn't see him? Well, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I, I saw Sean Penn in a, in a bar uh, in Santa Monica. We were both using uh, the bathroom. We sort of next to each other urinals. And he turned and looked at me. He's, he's, this is, swear to God, true story. He turned and looked at me and goes, you an actor? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, just make sure you do your own thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, let them, don't let them control you, man. <laughs> Zipped up and walked out of my life. Like, do like, all right, I'm fucking, I'll make a web series. I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like the hilarious thing about that is it's like you gave him zero indication that you would be. So it, it does, it, but the like, narrative it paints is that every actor, time he pees, he turns to the person next to him and goes, You an actor? And they're like, Well, in this town, no, and he's like, What do you do? Well, I'm in, I'm in, uh, I'm in steelwork. Just make sure you do your own thing. Yeah, and steal. well, I mean, it applies to everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, just I would wonder. imagine if I did say no, he would just start going down the list. You yeah. a doctor? Yeah. What do you do? Dentist? Yeah. That'd be, that'd be so great that you're like, are you, you're an actor? Like, no. It's like, well, all right, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm going to give you some advice I'd give you if you were an actor. Yeah, right. <laughs> It applies to everything. If you ever decide to become an actor, <laughs> yeah. do your own thing, man. Yeah. You've got an actor's face. And yeah. let me tell you, when you become an actor, you look commercial. do your own thing. Yeah. Are you even peeing anymore, Sean? Stop asking questions. I never was. <laughs> I don't know why Sean Penn sounds I'm like this all of a sudden. Here, giving advice. Yeah, right. <laughs> this just, is my advice, Stall. <laughs> I come here on Thursdays. Were you at a place out. that was like a gathering of actors, or were you just at a restaurant? I was at O'Brien's Bar in Santa Monica. Yo, so Irish, so, like there was no reason. Dude, it's for like an actor to be is there. like straight up just like going out of the fucking restroom and just hanging out in a nook and just waiting for somebody to come in. Like that guy looks like an actor. Time to strike. <laughs> <laughs> Follows some minutes, couple seconds. Left. Yeah. Bob, Bob, hold my drink. I got to go change somebody's life right now. <laughs> 
like, he, finally, he has the power to do that. Well, I guess he can do that. He's got, he's got, he can fucking, he can just set up a tab, just hang on all night. Yeah. I bet after he said that to Cody, he fucking walked out like two thumbs up <laughs> over your shoulder, like, I got one. Yeah. yeah. Finally. The he's only celebrity story I want, there's two celebrities I want stories about, and that'd okay. be Christopher Walken and Prince. Those are the two, like, if they come in my life, I'm going to start making notes in real time. Right. I mean, it can quickly go like, Make it look like I'm getting another rum and coke, but just put coke in it. I need to remember this because yeah. this is going to be something incredible. If Prince showed up at your door, like every Christopher Walken story and every Prince story is is fascinating. I had that kind of experience at. Uh, I have some weird ones. I had the weirdest though was I met Tom Green. Okay. Uh, you know, failed comedian. When was what hey, era? Tom, what era was Tom Green? This is recent Tom. Okay, this is Tom not so good with himself. He has a show somewhere. He, uh, right? Tom's he been like doing a, the internet thing since uh, just after I started doing it back yeah. in the day. But, uh, but Tom okay. was hosting. Do you know? You familiar guy. with the comedian, sort of comedian, uh, Neil Hamburger? Yeah, he has a show or had a show every once a month at the Satellite in Silver Lake. And Tom Green was. I went to see it, and Tom Green was hosting it, and. And he got so drunk by the end of the show, I was trying to leave. And he was blocking the parking lot. Neil or Tom? Tom. Okay. Tom would, <laughs> was laying like in the driveway, just like, I don't want to go. And like his status thing is his parents were there. And they were like, Tom, get in the car. Tom, it's time to get in the car. Jesus. And he's just like, I get in a fucking car. A fucking a party. He like takes his shirt off. And it's just like, I'm like now late. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. And this is like, God damn it, Tom Green. Wow. What didn't wasn't he who was he married to for a while? Drew Barrymore? Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Did they get married? They, or did they, they were married. I think they were married. Why does it feel like married. to me Drew Barrymore is like is like is like a living embodiment of herpes for Hollywood. Do you ever get that impression? <laughs> tough. No, I mean, like, when you think about it, if you look through her career, she's kind of attached herself to everybody who was hot for a short while and then just disappeared. E.T. Huge yeah. slut. <laughs> I don't even mean, I don't even mean sexual. I just mean attached oh. to projects. Yeah, yeah. The way that herpes might attach itself to a community. Right. And pass from one to another. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you think about it. Because it was weird that, it was weird that because it's like Drew, Drew Barrymore and Tom Green should have never, like it doesn't, that just doesn't make any logical yeah, were, sense, they were, right? They had some matrimony, bro. They were, they were, they yeah, but that, and it lasted like six months and then he fell off the radar and she kept going. I think, I think and you just thought like, got like, why did she, you know, like, why was she around? I like, would what, divorce you know somebody I mean? if they released Freddie Got Fingered while I was married <laughs> yeah. to them. That was his grounds for divorce. Yeah. I got I got so burnt out on on celebrity gossip because I uh, I used to intern at uh, Craig Ferguson's. I have show. a picture of her with President Reagan in 1984. Yeah. You see herpes, the herpes of celebrity. So wait, you you Sorry, interned okay. at uh, at Ferguson, the Late Late Show. Okay, and uh, so that was my job was to just keep up on all the celebrity gossip. Oh, that got taxing, man. Wow, you're not kidding. That I did. That was my job. You scraping my, the bottom of the barrel of celebrity. Pretty much, it was just like. It was just constant, like six hours a day, just scrolling through no TMZ and Perez no Hilton, and just finding something for Craig to joke about. But um, I had that job, and then my other job was to answer and read his mail. And oh my god, he gets <laughs> some fucking crazy mail! Like, uh, uh, I, I, I've never, I've been there once, and I just, I just want to say this: I hate Florida. <laughs> As, an, as a place, 
as everything about Sorry, it. Florida. I can't fucking stand Florida, especially Orlando. Craig gets some. He got some weird like letters, but every one of the psycho ones were like, "You're like, I want to call the cops." Was from Orlando, Florida. I don't know what it is. What's, what's going on down in Orlando? What kind of? What kind of? Uh, was it like more murderous or just like weird, creepy, uh, unsettling? The lady, she sent like one of those like Manila like padded like envelope, like big like oh, you like, need to like big, ship like, it. Silence of the Lambs yeah, reveals. Yeah, she she sent that. <laughs> Stuffed with letters, but it was one continuous letter, and she ran out of room and wrote on the envelope, <coughs> on the envelope itself. Holy shit. Yeah. It was just like, I love you. Here's, you know, I. And she gave him like a little gift bag of like lipstick that she'd been using, and she hopes that he'll like kiss it. And like, it fucking. I, so, what did you do with that? I mean, you just, I just, you just throw I it away? Throw it away. Yeah. That's it. What does yeah. it see? But I, it was so funny. I was like, I was like, you know, brand new intern. I was just like, oh my God. Like, yeah, right. This but, is but happening. Did you, but the did people you know, there. The, did you know, like, the product protocol is throw this away? Yeah. Okay. The, the, the protocol was like, if somebody's asking for an autograph, put it in this pile because Craig will do that once a month and then mail them all back. Um, but like, you know, to me that was so crazy. But to everybody else in the office, it was just like, no, oh, we get five of those every day. Which I feel, like, <laughs> I feel yeah, right. <laughs> That's so weird. I know, like when you get the fan mail and it's, people are just, you see that window. Into that side of humanity where you're like, yeah. my, like you really are out there just like writing these letters every day. And that's the thing, like the thing I struggle with as like an actor and a comedian is like I try to feel like I want to be, you know, in touch with things. But I feel like because L.A. It doesn't matter who you are, or what you're doing. If you're living in Los Angeles, there's so much going on, and you go. Everybody's got like ten things I feel like going on, whereas. The rest of the country, there's like a nothing. Yeah. There's like a thing. It's like they're, they're working. I'm gonna go to my thing. job and then I'm gonna come home and watch NBC's Thursday night lineup. Like, right. or they have one it. project that they're Forever. like, this is my like, six month project that I'm working on, and you're like, that's yeah. my Tuesday. I go back home and this is my 1200 piece puzzle <laughs> yeah. of the wall of China. I go back home and people are like, you know, like, oh, how was your year? Oh, you know, I've been, you know, doing comedy and I, I'm in, like, you know, six different improv troops and all this kind of thing. Oh, what did you do? Oh, you know, got a new set of tires. <laughs> uh, got a new contract yeah. down at the firm. Right. Tried this new restaurant that opened down the street. Promotion. Which, there's nothing wrong with that. You've it's got to try these the shoes. Yeah, it's just a weird... We yeah, live yeah. in this weird, active bubble here. LA, LA is not a real place, man. It's well, a, let's be fair. I think you could do the same thing in New York. I think, well, yeah, I think New York either one of those way. those sort of yeah, San urban enclaves, you, you know? But. But I, I, mean, I think even I think even though San Francisco, it's going to be like, well, first I protested this, then I went to the march for that, and then yeah, there was this I, protest. Then I, tested some I think the other somewhere. thing that's very distinctive yeah, about yeah. LA is that it's so heavily industry based in all aspects. So yeah. it's tough to escape that. Whereas in like a place of a Chicago, maybe or a San Francisco, this the whole the whole of the city is not necessarily tied into industry, industry, industry. You yeah. know. So if you're moving in that circle, then yeah, you're gonna. Have have the same kind of thing happening, you know, in terms of what we're talking about. But this very, it's much easier, I feel like, to exist outside of that mm. realm than it is in LA, where you. Oh, I saw Larry David at the golf course yesterday. And there Sorry, you go. I just so remember you, that. Sorry, right. go ahead. So you go? Yeah, a little bit. Not right much. On. Cool. It's okay. I just, uh, it was, it was funny because uh, uh, I was with Justin and Alex and uh, Justin's fiance, and uh, 
the guys behind us wouldn't shut up about it. The fact that Larry David was on the driving range and uh and then uh she goes, What are they talking about? And they're like, Larry She goes, Oh, is he here again? And I was like, What nobody tells me these things like he, he he's like just lives, here every week. He like lives in a house next to a golf course. Maybe Maybe that's the, the same, maybe that's the maybe golf, the course. golf course. Because they were like, He's always here. Every time yeah. we come here he's here. I was like, Oh okay. what a life. Yeah, but it was interesting because the people behind <laughs> yeah, us were right? freaking yeah. the fuck out. I'm sorry, I uh, derailed, but it was just reminded me uh in that same regard. Uh as as regards to the city and I think I don't know, it's it's funny because uh, you know, I go on these dating sites and stuff like that, and the amount of times I come across profiles where they're like, "I don't want to date anybody in, who's like in the entertainment industry." And I'm just going, "You picked the wrong city." You're on a dating <laughs> site. Yeah, yeah. Oh, me too. Which, yeah, okay, Cupid, huh? Uh, yeah. All right, up top. Pay there we go. Money, money. Hey, okay, yeah. now we're getting Facebook, some. Yeah, you, you got two things. How many in times right you come now? across profiles that say that they're like, I don't know entertainment industry people, and you're just like, oh, a couple right. times. I, I, I generally don't bother messaging the people who have like the requirements yeah. to message okay, me. Okay, that's fair. I don't message those people. I'm with you there. And I, I like it. And I certainly don't message the people who's like they're about me is so like. Up in the clouds of just like I'm a free spirited oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. traveling. Yeah, yeah. I like to yeah. just I don't want to. You know, it's just like who are you? I just You're don't not like a, to be tied down to anyone. I just want to be tied yeah. down, yeah. and I'm constantly thinking about uh, you know some weird metaphysical, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like you know, I just get a lot how, of how to separate the spirit from the body, and it's just like, are you a person? Yeah, are you yeah, a real yeah. person right now? And then they're always they're always like towards the bottom, like the you should message me if there's a lot of like here's why you shouldn't, and they always include something like I've just found a lot of people on this site are really yeah. stupid or like they're yeah. really, and you're just like you're making a lot of assumptions. I love flipping through you know it though; I mean? it's so amazing because oh, yeah, it's just like it's, it's just an so, anthropology it's, fucking it's so dream. amazing to find out yeah. like how many people like the same shit. Yeah, every. Everybody loves a good brew, yeah. and <laughs> and they love their dog. Everyone's like everyone's yeah. most important thing is their friends and family. Oh, yeah. Also, that's the other thing. Well, first off, I love to laugh. Uh-huh. Really, you love to laugh. Yeah. There's a fucking surprise. They're gonna be like, ha ha, God, I hate this. Yeah. And a lot of people look down on. <laughs> I do, man. That's the story <laughs> of my life. Yeah. Ha ha, God, I hate this. That's the name of my autobiography. That's your, that's your new book. Ha ha, fuck you. It's your memoir. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of people look down on 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 dating sites, and I I don't because like dating sites have done something where they got rid of like that chance of meeting somebody who turns out to be a complete fucking psychopath like because you can get rid of i think so because like you can i can kind of gauge it i'm listening to your theory because like i would stumble upon somebody's page i this is a true story this is a girl's actual girl's page on there okay her profile picture looks like the person who took the picture it was holding a gun to her head because she's just got like this like uh, like right right teared and then every one of her answers is Cocaine <laughs> in all cap locks. Like, what are you, what are you doing on a Friday night? Cocaine. Like, would you have for breakfast? Cocaine. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your favorite about TV? me? I like cocaine. Yeah, what's what? your TV show? Dawson's Creek. <laughs> and cocaine. Like, right, yeah. That was a deal breaker. Dawson's yeah, Creek. yeah, yeah. The cocaine, you're fine, but cocaine, Dawson's yeah. Creek. That's yeah. a party. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah. you. Bitch, you likes to party. I guess. So, it. how? Wait, what's your? I'm, I'm curious now because I've heard some of Mitch's uh, 
Okay, Cupid. Have you uh, have you gotten any success from it? Yeah, yeah. I've been on there for years. Yeah. But since before it was since I it messaged was like two spark people, dating or something like that. I messaged like a couple people, got a response, went on a date. It was fun. So yeah, yeah how much? Yeah. yeah so, like, so what was your? I've been I've been dating on the internet uh, since '98. So like <laughs> oh, old yeah. school. Like I've. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I've been through all of them. I've been. Um, I've been through. Well, I haven't done like Match.com or that shit. You, but like a internet yeah. dater, Cody. I'm recent to it. New convert to the. To I have a. I have a friend who uh, who got me into it, and he is like, he's a really good friend of mine, but he's completely right. opposite from me in the sense that he's just like the most like misogynistic. Just like I'm just you know he, his whole his whole motto is multiple streams of pussy. So okay, he'll like he'll go pick up chicks at bars while okay cupiding some person, and he also does uh, couch surfing and lends his couches to girls in hopes to fuck them. Yeah, I like you know? it. Good plan. <laughs> Good plan. I should I should get in on yeah, that. Yeah, couch surfing. Yeah, yeah, right. let, let some European backpacker. Yeah, yeah. You, know, yeah. you don't need to get in on that hostile circuit. Yeah. This okay. I sleep here tonight. Yes. No, you, it's like no. Have, listen, I've also got a king size bed in the other room. I, but I not want a, in the middle of night. I need to suck something. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, no, I know. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I got the temper pedic. <laughs> it's Swedish. You're yeah, Swedish. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's make a match yeah. here. <laughs> but How, but now, now, just out of curiosity, the the the, uh, the extent of his misogyny, quote unquote, uh, is it is it. Tied into what you were just talking about is that why you call him, or did, does he also make like disparaging, slut shaming remarks and such? That so like we were ha- had a party at my house and he like there was a girl came in friend of mine he didn't even know her just looked at her and got went I don't like your shoes and she was just like I don't like him I don't like him at all. <laughs> just fucking, yeah. just like I mean, yeah. is it that weird kind of like entitlement kind of thing that he has? I mean, it's it's. I mean, like it's. I I feel like it's interesting. You know, like it's one thing. I don't. I don't know, man. I I guess I, Mitch and I have. I was talking about before. Like we're very different when it comes to. Yeah, like, but I love the guy. He's, like, he's you know like he's a character and I love him. Yeah, but like, he is the guy. kind of guy that I. It's like very the polar opposite for me because I could never understand how you're just like out at a bar trying to hit on chicks, which is already a. Yeah. a, a Monstrous entity in and of itself, while also okay, cupiding and throwing your your hand in that craps game, and then also just like, hey, like randos, come on my couch. Yeah. I mean, like, are you really? I that? haven't gone as far as the couch thing, but the other two actually makes perfect. It's sense. It's that sense of like, are you really that compelled by your need to get laid so much that like you have that like the only competing interests you have are what avenue can I get laid in the fastest? Yeah, I guess. Well, uh, let me answer. That <laughs> uh, you know what it is, man. I just you know it's like the entirety of the reason why I started doing this show is like I'm I'm fascinated by like conversations with people I would otherwise not see on a regular basis. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and it's nice, you know. Oftentimes we have comedians on here, and they're 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 kind of honest and things like that. There's two places people are, are honest, like comedy and uh, in the bedroom. So, uh, if you meet someone who's not a comedian, it's very difficult to get any kind of like a, like realness out of them. So it's yeah. it's interesting to like you know. So for me, it's like it's I'm just like kind of I get to have these fun weird conversations. I don't necessarily have to have sex with them or anything else. Yeah. But um, it's very difficult. I mean, it, it's been talked about many times. It's very difficult as a male uh, to make new male friends unless you're already doing something together. 
like on a regular basis. Right. Comedy is one. So jobs and school is pretty much where you make your friends. Mm-hmm. Like as a as a as an adult, and it's probably the same for women. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Uh, those those tend to be the the two places you make 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 friends. You don't yeah. just walk down the street and go looking for a friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but maybe once or twice there there is one friend I have that that I'm a male friend that I met at a bar. Yeah. We both went to this bar because we heard at the last minute that this was going to be the night we like. It was just a random bar, and it was supposed to be a night. A club night somewhere else, and then the last minute they're like, "Oh, actually, we're switching it to this bar." Right, and almost nobody showed up. Yeah, and so I was just standing there at the bar, and this other guy was there, and he goes, "Oh, are you are you here for the something or other event?" I don't remember the name of it. Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's very strange." There's like nobody here, and we struck up a conversation. We talked for like an hour. Mm-hmm. So, and we're still friends to this day. Like that was the, that's probably the only time that's ever happened. So it's like. You know what I mean? How else are you supposed to meet people unless you're like, oh, uh, I'm compelled by my sexual desires to contact you and hang out, right? So yeah, like that's and then like, you can make new friends by meeting her friends when you're fucking. It's so weird right? that there's something in like the society where you can't literally go up to somebody and be like, hey, you seem cool. I like to be your friend. Like if I did that to you, you'd be like. Whoa, man! I like, trust nothing about you. Anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what kind of person does that? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, exactly, but, uh, exactly. But it's okay for somebody to like go up and hit on somebody. That's totally acceptable. Yeah, yeah. But just exactly. like true, sincere, you know, desire for friendship is just completely like. Well, you know, there's a there's a there's a prize at the end, kind of in the hitting on. It's like, oh, hey, yeah. listen, if this works out, you're getting sex tonight. Yeah, yeah well, it's like if this works out, works you just out, got well, like you got another person in your life. Means, you know what yeah. I mean? You got that <laughs> shit going on. Here's the thing. Here's what I'm curious about: though. you guys both though uh, from Arizona. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh are you? A, yeah, I'm from no. Phoenix. Where about? Also Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. Where? Where? See, I see you wearing a Four Peaks Brewing Company Arizona favorite. Did you I, just move here from Arizona? No, but no, no, I've been here about five years. I went to college out here. That's just here. That's five years. Compared to you, old time. Yeah. Yeah. So you're Phoenix as well. Uh-huh. I am Phoenix. So you went slash to what? Scottsdale. Uh, 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 ASU? No, I went to college out here. Oh, okay. I, uh, okay. I went to Loyola Marymount out okay. here. Okay. All right. Uh, but uh, I went to. Do you, are you familiar with Arcadia in Phoenix? No. Uh, I've heard the name, it's but it's super probably... gentrified, like. Was that where white you? People-y. That your neighborhood? I've heard yeah, the Arcadia well, Mall, but I feel like that came. Up. I moved out of there in near Fashion Square Mall. Yeah, yeah, I know about Fashion Square. It's right in, it's I think that that's what I think. Yeah, because I moved out in like '99, and like when I moved, Fashion Square was still like the weird old people mall. Yeah, and then <laughs> round about 2000, 2001, it became a little bit more like now, hip. It, they now, put now it in like, like regular the things. Upper crust, the one percent mall. It's just oh, is it still kind of like that? But it's not just not old it's people. Not, now they got like Barney's and like right, right. seven purse stores. So yeah, Yikes. but well, that was like it was it, you know when you're a teenager and stuff. Obviously, PB Mall was the one that I went to. You know yeah. what I mean? And Metro Center was the shit. What are you, what are your thoughts on uh, on Arizona in general? Fucking pile of shit. Just a <laughs> yeah. giant pile of shit. Yeah. I weep for everybody I know who I still love that lives there. Yeah. Um, it's it's a terrible, terrible place. Here's 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 my here's, uh, 
one of the very last states added to the Union, so, so still relatively young. It's still got that Old West. They are hanging on to that Wild West shit. Did not uh, recognize Martin Luther King Day until about 1992. Oh, yeah, but yeah. Don't, even get, don't even go down that road. <laughs> By the time I get to Arizona, <laughs> don't even. Uh, Arizona, Clayton. Imagine, imagine, by the way, 92, uh, I was going into high school. So you can imagine... Growing up, learning about Martin Luther King, black guy, said a lot of cool shit. Anyway, next subject. And you were like, okay. So I don't know like anything about anything. But uh, but if, you know what happened is, because uh, I moved out of there, 99, like I said, which was, you know, on the cusp of the dot-com crash. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It was like I saw the rise of it. I started making websites in like 96, 97. Yeah. So I saw the rise of it. I saw the crash and then the continued rise, of course, afterwards. Yeah. It was like, it was, you know, it was, it was funny to live in Seattle in 99 because it's so close to uh, Silicon Valley and everything right. else like that. And there was still a lot of, you know, Microsoft is right there right. and everything else. It was interesting to live there and hear people go like, I don't know, all this dot com, that thing's just a fad. Yeah. And you're like, you realize a new form of communication is not just a fad. It's yeah. just that people got way too excited about it. Yeah. And because there's a new worldwide way of communicating, mm-hmm. It was a lot easier to spread that fad. Yeah. But, like, they just got way too excited, overextended what it was going to be for that time period. Anyway, um, what I was noticing, like, uh, what sort of illuminated it for me is that a lot of people who were otherwise not rich in any other city. Yeah. L.A., Seattle, whatever have you, could go to Phoenix and buy a fucking mansion Mm -hmm. for what a track home would cost in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. I mean, I lived in the house I lived in before I moved, or when the, before my parents moved out, and then I moved out. Uh, was like we bought the thing. I think it was like one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. And then I remember looking in like two thousand two, and it was going for seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, and it's like it was a modest home. Maybe that three, four bedroom, four bedroom, two story house. Not yeah. not mansionish at all. It was, mm-hmm. you know. Relative. I, out here, yes, it'd be it would have been three quarters of a million dollars right. right off the bat, depending on the area. But it wasn't, you know, for Phoenix, it wasn't that big. No. It was like no big deal. So I think that a lot of people moved out there, going, "Hey, we can live like we're rich mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere, yeah, <laughs> in like the shitty desert." And that's kind of what happens. Like a bunch of just yuppies moved out there, and it's like so you've got old west gunslinger cowboys, yeah. And yuppies. That's yeah. the entirety of it. Building a society together. Yeah. And that's just not a place for a town. And yeah. they don't give you anything to do there. Yeah, especially like Mesa. Mesa is just, oh, you're either Mormon God. or yeah. you're on meth. That's yeah. what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's no in between. Yeah. There is literally no in between. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, but here's my, here's my thoughts on Arizona. Is and you do Mesa Ari- equals Mormon, comma yeah. meth? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But uh, Arizona, for all the shit people give them, and uh, most of it, I think, is completely justified, Arizona's got a lot of balls for some of the shit they get away with. Like, they're the only state that doesn't recognize daylight savings to yeah, yeah. The rest true. of the country's like, hey guys, we're gonna move our clocks back. Yeah. You coming along, Arizona? Nah. No, man. <laughs> Fuck, that. Here. Fuck science. And the whole Indiana earth. hold out for a while, but even now, they they, yeah. they converted over. Now it's just Arizona by themselves. So, so, I thought, uh, well, see, Alaska kind of has to because they're way the fuck up there. Yeah. And Hawaii also has to because they're yeah. way the fuck out there. Anyone in the contiguous. It's, it's weird okay. in the contiguous. Yeah. I'm with you with the, especially because it's like, look, you're 
right next to California. Just, I mean, you're in the same time yeah. zone. Just, just go with us on this. And the All other right. thing that amazes me about Arizona is, uh, it is the only place I think left in the world where uh, new metal is like the shit. Like it's like it's never gonna die. Like, you know what? Everywhere is? else. Here's a, there's two things at play. Phoenix, there. things in Arizona. Yeah, oh shit! Fucking stains coming, man. You kidding me? Corn yeah, 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 and yeah. stained together. Like ah. Oh. I, Everywhere there, there's else, two things. There's two things like at play there. Garage. Actually, like, there's probably three things at play. But there's there's the 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 big thing is I, here's what I've noticed: American Indians fucking love any metal, no matter what it is. Yeah. Every metal concert I went to in Arizona, in Phoenix, and anywhere in Arizona, I should say, there was always like you could find a crew of like these American. Metal Indians. Is it was just like they yeah. just that was so that was that's a huge thing. When they have a huge American Indian population, so yeah, yeah. they're going to be there. Uh, also, fucking fads la- take take about a year or two to get there, and yeah. then last about ten times as long as anywhere else. Yeah, swing that lasted three months in California lasted for three years. In but, like, the thing is, is like other bands have caught on everywhere else in the world. Like for instance, the uh, the Black Keys, right, super right. popular now. They have they right. finally, they, yeah, they, they still finally play like small venues in Phoenix. It hasn't like caught on. It's amazing, <laughs> but like you it know. takes a while for everything to get there. Yeah. I'm telling you, when I went to, I remember being in high school, and you but, might have you the know. same re- experience. I remember in high school, the the it, the first part of the year. You'd find out what was cool because yeah. somebody went to California over the summer and yeah. fucking reported back. Like, here's what I found out in the real town. Mm-hmm. Here's what this here's what's what going on. This so is like what a, people it's are still doing. like Pony Express style almost. It is. It's. I mean, you'd think yeah, well, with the internet, the Pony died on the way to Arizona <laughs> because, yeah. because Limp Biscuit's still a big draw. Like, yeah. you know what? Yeah. Like the yeah. message is like the Paul Revere of Phoenix is riding back. We're like, new metal is over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Sheriff Joe Arpaio shoots. Him as he's riding, no immigrants. God damn it! Yeah, happening. yeah. No <laughs> because that thing is like this. nobody will tell. Nobody tells you when things oh, end. God. They'll tell you when things are starting, but not when they're over. Mm-hmm. Like nobody let Phoenix in on the whole new battle. Like psst, they're not making albums anymore. Yeah, people are like, Limp I don't know what that means. Like they're just taking album. a break. Man, two thousand and two was <laughs> was a long time ago. Like. No, I want to believe it's real, goddammit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the two things, things that amaze me about Arizona. Well, the other thing is yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of old school rockers made Arizona their home. Phoenix in Alice particular. Cooper. I know Alice, Alice Cooper, Cooper. Dave Mustaine. Oh, uh, Maynard James. In fact, half of half of at least half of Tool, if not more than half of Tool. Maynard James mm-hmm. Keenan and uh, uh, Danny. What's his name? The the drummer. Um, then you've got, um, I've met, I've met me. I, I know, I know, how, wait, I know a, a few studio musicians. How do you know Alan, there. What's, what's the story with Alan? Uh, his kid went to my high school. Okay. Yeah. Alice yeah, Cooper. He's a big donor and my dad is, has golfed with them occasional. Hey, you know. my dad's golf with Alice Cooper. Alice too. Cooper lives <laughs> Look at the Arizona golf connection. He, Ripopolis. Look he at shows that. up. He does like Bonnaroo once a year and then. 364 yeah. days out of the year, he's somewhere playing golf. That's Alice Cooper's life. I love it. I, more power if you work retail... He's, in, just, he's just cold chilling for the rest of yeah, his days. If, if you work retail in Paradise Valley, he will be your customer one day. At least one day. Exactly. I guarantee you. Exactly. That's, I had three different jobs where he was a customer. And then the other one that was fun about Arizona, Arizona celebrities, I guess, is uh, I went to elementary school with uh, John McCain's son. 
Mm. And uh, so I guess right. They love McCain. That's why they're still Republican. I think they're still Republican because they were like, we want they're like they held on to John McCain Mm -hmm. for so long. And then he kind of went towards the. And they were like, I guess we got to go where John McCain goes. I mean, he knows what's right because he fucking ran that place. Weirdest thing about McCain, though, is he's got this weird, uh, you know, political image about him. Yeah. Not like that at all in real life. Just. Dick joke cracking motherfucker. Well, he calls like, he's, wife, just, he's called his wife a cunt before. And, yeah, you know, like I mean, he, I, like I remember, I distinctly remember like going going to his like house with his his son, and uh, he's like in his boxers, drinking Bud Light, watching <laughs> the game, like total just just a dude. You yeah, know? yeah, like, yeah. And it's just like, why can't you be that guy? He, he used to be that guy, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's if you remember, remember me. back in the back in the Daily Show days, back when he used to come by there every six months or something, he'd yeah. come by and hang out. And then when he started running, if John a, Stewart yeah. had him on once, and it was like that was it. If a candidate came on and was like, like started a debate with, just like, "Sup, bitches!" Like, I'm gonna vote for that guy. Like, right, right. You could torture people. I'm still gonna vote for you. <laughs> like, if you if you if you're that laid back, like just. I don't like the the falseness of. of I it's, it's what happened when he when he fucking went weird, like with mm-hmm. the just post Bush. He all of a sudden Which like Rowe everything his, about him. I mean, McCain, McCain had a. I mean, the thing about McCain that's interesting, I feel like and now he's come back around, kind of. Where no, he's like, he hasn't. Yeah. No, not really. Oh, I said kind of. No, he kind of. No, kind of. No, he has kind of. No, kind of. No, he has kind of. No, there's a kind of a modicum of it, perhaps. Hey, when he goes back on the Daily Show, then I'll say he's come around. When he goes back he, on the daily, he really show. hasn't. He really, ha- I mean, he really hasn't come back around. But well, I'll, I will say this: I, I, it was a big thing recently about the whole Dick Cheney saying like, "Oh, Sarah Palin was a big mistake." And John McCain says, "Listen, we, I, I love to hear comments four years later. Uh, right. We, we used to agree on some things, and we disagreed on a lot of things. For instance, I still don't agree with torture. He does. Right now, but here's the thing: that happened today. Right? But yeah, I don't know. Uh, but you know, when Last it came, when days, it comes to his know. actual votes on this subject, that's a totally different subject. But uh, he didn't really back up his rhetoric in that instance. But the thing about John McCain, I think it's fascinating, is that uh, he, when he was running back in the day in the South Carolina primary against Bush, and, and Rove and company spread the rumor that he had an illegitimate black child, which was really a daughter that he had adopted from, I think, Bangladesh like, or something. I'm sorry, but, like, nobody, no black lady is going to fuck John McCain. Like, I'm <laughs> Like, I don't know if I'm, I'm necessarily the authority to be able to say that, but I don't think he doesn't have any booty. No, I got, he's got I no, got he's got no pull in the. Streets. And I know his 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 his, his black child is uh is adopted. Well, she's, adopted. She's from, yeah, I think yeah. It's some. I think it's like, it's, from like I, Haiti or it's, somewhere. No, a Southeast Asian country. It's one of those. I think, okay. I'm pretty sure it's somewhere in that area. But it was like, you know, I mean, she's brown skin. You can say he has an illegitimate black child or whatever. And like, I mean, I it's got to be fuck like you're saying the falseness of everything. It's got to be fucking infuriating to watch the party that will later nominate you for president to just smear you and your child and your life. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like you will do a lot of things to get comeuppance on those small-minded, bitter, petty motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you'll, you'll bite the bullet in a lot of shitty ways, including voting in favor of torture after you have been tortured yourself. Do you know what right. I mean? It will reduce you to a dude who cannot go out in public as just the guy that is drinking Bud Light in his boxer shorts. Yeah. Thumbs up, America. Yeah. yeah. 
But he also lives in, you know, Arizona, where it's just, uh, you can get away there's, there's just nothing to do well, Sarah Palin is talking about gives a yeah. shit. It's, it's fifth too largest, fucking fifth hot to think. It's the largest city in, in, in the United That's States. That's because everything is Phoenix. Yeah. That's why it's so large. Yeah. You know, it's like, America when you live there, you're like, where do you live? And you can't say Phoenix. You're going to be like, oh, you can't say Peoria because, like, you're an asshole if you're just yeah, in Glendale. Like, do you remember when Scottsdale used to just be, like, a suburb? And then they were like, no, 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 we're Scottsdale. And it was like, right around 98 they were like no 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 you don't understand we're the good people we're yeah. it's all white over here well i do i do like to uh distinguish <laughs> distinguish where i live where i'm from from Ari- in, in phoenix because like there is definitely i don't you might be able to agree with this there is definitely a different vibe going on if you live in scottsdale from where you live if you live in peoria like well, the west sure, side. Sure. I, that's why. That's crazy. the last. What's the difference before I moved out exactly. of Phoenix? Uh, uh, Huge difference. Yeah, East East Phoenix is more like sort of nice. Like you know, everybody's got like a good job. Kind of drives. You know, a, it's a little more like L.A. A more I'd upper say. class. I'm more okay, upper class. it's it's difference between Echo Park. And Thousand Oaks. Okay. Yeah. But for people who have no idea what either of those things mean. Yeah, okay. and then Peoria, which is super west side Phoenix, is just, every house looks the same. Everybody has, you know, a truck that is broken that they're trying to work on, but they don't know how to fix it. They got, like, seven kids, and, like, it's just, it's the white trash capital. Almost like an eight-mile, basically, kind of oh, situation. Oh, yeah. It's, it's Before I moved out of Phoenix, I had an apartment in Peoria. There is no shade on the west side of Phoenix. <laughs> Somebody write a country song about that because there is no western. I, I don't know if it was actually Peoria, but it was like it was like in that two, same area. It was like all white trashy. We'll put it this way: this is this is in ninety eight, ninety nine. I had a two bedroom, uh, one bath apartment for four fifty a month. Yeah, and never paid rent. That's like. And never got kicked out. That's like half of my bedroom yeah, that I pay exactly, for right now. Exactly. Right. It's like, but meanwhile, the place was about as big as this place. Yeah. And I mean, I'll grant you, yes, it was. Now it's fourteen years ago, but even still, at the time, it was ridiculously low because I had moved out of a two-bedroom, mm-hmm. two-bath apartment that I was paid like, what was it like eight seventy-five, nine hundred four mm-hmm. into that the four fifty yeah. a month. And uh, I remember out of my bedroom window, which I, I boarded up because I didn't want to see it anymore, there was a it was a house slash trailer. I'm not actually sure what it was that literally a guy had painted on a big board, like one of those particle boards you get at Home Depot, the number four, S-A-I-L. Oh. And propped it up against his home, <laughs> no. like for sale. I would actually uh, go yikes. not call that number because I bet you could rip that guy off like so hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it was probably. what was the weirdest thing is if you walked up on uh, on that street. There was a lot of streets like on that on that block rather. They all kind of led uphill, and yeah. at the very tippy top of the hill. There was a big, big wrought iron gate, and on the other side of the gate, huge, expansive golf golf course and like million dollar homes. Mm -hmm. But like at the on the same streets, the same thing as this street here. You walk up the road, you're in Hollywood Hills. Yeah, Um, and it was just so weird. And they had this gate, like no poor people allowed. But it was just down the street. 
you don't want to walk around there at night. It was terrible. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. This one, I'm curious about. Uh, uh, you haven't been you haven't been in Arizona for a while. You've been on here, yeah. for about five years now. But you you know kind I of trace back. back. You trace like, back to I Arizona. Got, I got family there, so, so I I'm lot, I'm but. curious, and I'm, I don't think Mitch and I've ever really talked about this as much. But I mean, I, I'm I'm curious as well for you, Mitch, with everything going on with Arizona in terms of immigration and just the papers, please, and Sheriff Joe. Mm-hmm. You know how. When you when you have to tell people that you're from Arizona these days, what kind of reaction do you find that you get? Do you get that kind of like, I mean, because I know as a dude from Texas, you always get a lot of shit about being from Texas, you know. But yeah. I feel like Arizona has got charged <laughs> very hard now. Yeah. In terms of being right up there as a state that people are just like, oh, Arizona. Yeah, it's funny, like, cause like the the small contingency of like liberals who live in Arizona it's 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 amazing it's just like something that they love is just like completely out of their hands and it's just like we're in competition for crazy with Florida or like somewhere right now, you know, right. like yeah, it's pretty fair. Arizona and Florida. And yeah, say if you, if you say you're from Florida, people are like, oh, you've been crazy a while. Yeah. Oh, Whereas Arizona old. is like, yeah. you come from a crazy place. You know what I mean? Like you kind of blame Arizona for being like crazy. Yeah. But Florida, you're like that. That's just in the water. Like yeah. yeah, you can't be in Florida for more than a year without yeah. being crazy. I mean, it's very. Uh, obvious that there are there's a huge conservative following in arizona but i mean there is a point where that even cracks like the sheriff of tucson is the one who labeled he's like arizona right now is the mecca of hate in bigotry (laughs) like that's their own sheriff like yeah 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 so it's to be fair sheriff joe arpaio has been the sheriff since before I entered high school, decades, man. He's been he's an institution, and we got you know a terrible I can remember right now. Jambrou I remember I remember I had to do like a report on him in high school, and I was like, the more I dug up, the more I was like, really, this dude's running shit. The I've problem, had people in I my family, well, I've had people in his family go to the tent city and fucking and and have to wear the pink fucking outfits. But I shit. think it's fascinating though, kind of what you're saying, Cody, in the sense of of like. Arizona always has had this history where last day of the union fucking rejecting Martin Luther King. It's not like anything Ari- new, but I feel like the spotlight has gotten brighter now. Whereas mm-hmm. Florida, it's always shown very brightly, like you guys are fucked up. Ari- well, Arizona is thing. just it has a lot of people who vote Republican no matter what, and it's like they don't even look into the issues. It's like oh, Jan Brewer, she's a Republican. Well, she's got to be good because she's a conservative. You know? right. And then and then there's a lot of and then on the other hand, there's a lot of you know liberals who live in Arizona who are just slackers and won't get off the couch and go vote you know like there's so many it's people too fucking hot it's yeah, too hot I know to think. right it's too hot to think it's too, too hot to think in Arizona sometimes it is too goddamn hot there. <laughs> it is way too hot that's why I'm out here now yeah it's yeah. a good it's a good call I I lived there as a kid I was I I went I remember I walked to the park with my friend that was like it was a mile and a half down the road mm-hmm. on the hottest day they've had in recorded history. Yeah. It was 124 degrees something like that. Jeez, yeah. man. I mean, it's like Dude, that's insane. Yeah. And I at the time that's I thought it. I thought I remember going feels a little warm today but like yeah. it wasn't it wasn't ridiculous cuz cuz 113 is not that weird. It's a it was probably 113 there today. It's a dry heat. Yeah, that's what everybody said. <laughs> it's like, yeah, come it's to the hot. dry heat. Because <laughs> I think what it is is that people add on humidity. 
mm-hmm. to the number mm-hmm. in their head. And so that's why people go, well, yes, but it's a dry heat because they don't live there. Yeah. So they're going, well, I don't have to add any numbers. So yeah. it is what it says it is as opposed to like Florida hits 90 and you feel like you're inside of an oven and somebody's squirting water on you. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, uh, but out there, yeah, it's just it is a dry, but it's it's. The dry heat doesn't help. It's literally, you just feel like you're going to die. You're just like, mm-hmm. humans were not meant to live in this no. kind of weather. No. And I and now I don't live there anymore. I, I, I agree. Humans were not meant to live in, in any part of Arizona, yeah. really. The well, maybe Flagstaff. Flagstaff yeah. and Sedona aren't too bad. I love Sedona. Jerome, yeah. Arizona yeah, is yeah. my favorite place. Jerome is where Tool lives. That's where Tool lives. There you go. I have a case of his wine in my apartment right ah, now. Ah, okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jerome, is, Jerome is a cool place to visit. I was talking to you about Jerome before. I couldn't remember the name of it. Yeah. That's the name of it. That was the weird, like, town it's off on the on side. Built on a cliff. Of, yeah. yeah. Okay, now I And there's the haunted restaurant, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't. I feel like there's like nobody there. There's like ten people there. It's something. a weekend Seems town. Like it, it's know? such a yeah. weekend town. Yeah. Yeah. Good place, but you know. Um, but yeah, the rest of you know it. It's it's weird because I I joke with my friend who still lives out there. Uh, one of the few people out in Phoenix I still talk to. And I, I joke with him because every time he visits, I was like, oh, do you still go to Blankety Blank? He's like, no, that shut down. And I'm just like, dude, fuck Phoenix, it's it's illegal to have fun there. The amount of things I used to do there mm-hmm. that at some point, you know, once it reached its apex of like, this is where we go on Friday nights, died. Yeah. Uh, the Nile closed down probably 10 times while I was living there. Uh, Mason Jar is gone. <laughs> yep. Uh, like an Atomic Cafe. It, Five, six different coffee shops, entire malls. I remember when they remodeled PB Mall, and they were like, we're trying to get rid of the kids. Yeah. And they were like, we're going to remodel it so that kids don't want to come here anymore. Phoenix cops are pretty intense, too. I they saw make, a kid get arrested they, for smoking. They make LAPD look like super troopers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's saying a lot. No, I literally, <laughs> I remember when I was like, <laughs> I was like 18, maybe even 17, and I remember I remember, I was standing outside of a fucking like Peter Piper pizza or something mm-hmm. like that, and I fucking saw a cop car pull up, the cop got out, grabbed a kid, and just fucking threw him in the back. Didn't have time for handcuffs or anything, just threw him in the back of his car. Yeah. I got more people to arrest. And I was like... <laughs> We all go. We all go. What did he do? And he goes drinking. And I'm like, he wasn't drinking. He goes, I mean, smoking. Slammed the door and drove off. I was like, holy shit! Have, that kid must have fucked up big time, dude. He's a that's just, that's I mean, he's a uh, no. He actually, that's the weird. He was just a normal white just kid. White so kid. that's why I'm telling that kid. Fucked he was up big. smoking. He probably had I mean, sex with his daughter or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's probably something like that. Dude. Some weird boss hog. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like Sheriff Joe Arpaio is going to ask any questions. He's yeah. going to be like, yeah, okay. Well, if you say yeah, he's dude. breaking the law, he's breaking the law. I mean, yeah, I guess it's the thing. Like, how many? Like, how much? You broke out of you broke out of Arizona, I guess, in Phoenix. <laughs> you broke out as well too. You go back a lot, and I get, I just went back to Houston a little bit ago. It's interesting to go back and see, you know, the just how little things have changed in a lot of respects. So, like, are you one of the few people that in your sort of social circle that was like, I'm out, I'm out this bitch as soon as I get a chance? And is everyone yeah. kind of there still? Yeah. Well, I, I I'm one of the few people of my like friends who like I knew immediately what I wanted to do. Uh, and that was act, and I knew I had to go to New York or L.A., and L.A. just seemed like a better choice for me. So, uh, yeah, that's that's where I went. But, like, yeah, I, my friend circle is, is a little bit of, like, you know, dazed and confused, where everybody's just like, you know, man, 
another summer, just going to chill at house, you know, <laughs> drive around, see what's going on. Right. So, yeah, I am one of the few that made it out and is kind of... We, we found we had an ongoing joke about how it was impossible to leave Phoenix. The amount of times I saw people leave, I'm like, "Well, I'm moving to fucking New York, or I'm moving to wherever," and they'd be back in six months. It was fucking, it was yeah. really scary. So that when happened I finally to a lot left, of comics I knew. Oh yeah, a lot okay. of Phoenix comics would come out here, get really, uh, you know disenchanted with the whole LA scene and then come back to Phoenix. Do you guys have that like would you do shows like back home? Like what's that experience? No. Haven't done like, any I haven't done any gigs back in Houston. Um but it's it's weird I guess to just see the sense of like I, I have like the people who I kind of through Facebook and things like that when people who are from your your hometown mm-hmm. are kind of following through and seeing your development mm-hmm. as a comedian or whatever. It's very odd to see how they respond to things where it's like on on your side as a comic, you're like, oh, another show and it's all fucking depressing and there's yeah. like seven people that are out or whatever. But you know that like if you posted something about it on Facebook to them, they're like, oh, like big time comedian or whatever, you know, and you're like, you don't even know the sadness that, yeah. ex- that exists on this side. So it's like, but I, I've done shows where I've gone back, like I went back to my, my old college that I was at, you know, which is like small town, Indiana, mm-hmm. liberal arts school there. And like, I've done, done a show there and like the reception there was very awesome and like there were a lot of people who I had already graduated so there's enough time where there was like enough people who didn't know who I was so like I'd heard things or whatever yeah. as a comedian so it, it's that sense of like you do have that sense of people like I think the thing that I always find that's most interesting if you perform in LA all the time and you go anywhere else the uh, expectations that people have of you Ooh, and like he's from LA right it goes up immediately and the the skepticism drops in the same kind of sense, whereas any show that you do out here, everyone's like, I don't give a fuck. I know plenty of people. Like, what the fuck do you have to bring to the table? Yeah. And then anywhere else you go, it's just like, oh, 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 like, I, I'm ready to be entertained. Like, I'm ready for you to do something that's funny. Please go. Please do something. Yeah. And it, it makes it so much more entertaining and enjoyable on your end, I feel like, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, there, no, there was no comedy like, clubs in LA in like '99, right? There was just the improv. I don't even know if that was open yet. '99, yeah. Now there's like there's like four or five. Right? Comedy store, Ice House, Improv. Uh, no, I'm in Phoenix. Oh, in Phoenix. In Phoenix. Oh, well, Tempe Improv just closed. That's where I got my start. Oh, really? It just shut okay. down. But now there's uh, there's uh, the Comedy Spot, there's Stand Up right. Scottsdale, right. and then this gigantic club called Stand Up Live. It's like 600 seater. It's huge. Um, that's like the main game in town right now. But there's there's a very vibrant uh, indie comedy scene that uh, I really enjoy going around. That will perform at like there's a really long running show called uh, I'll give them a plug, the Hidden House. That's uh, going on every like Wednesday, Thursday. That's had like has a really nice cult following. Nice. Um, and so you go of- out there and do improv, you say. Uh, no, it's stand up. I do okay. stand up out there. So do you do you just like hook up with your friends out there that are doing stand up and go, hey, get me on this show, or do you book proper like go through the booking and all that? Um, yeah. Well, when I left, I was at like a when I left Phoenix because I've been doing uh, stand up since I was twelve. Oh wow! And okay. uh, I've uh, I I left with some good connections and they've they've stuck around. So okay. I was able to all right, all right. I've been able to go back and pretty much just be like, hey, you got a slot? No, but we'll make one. You know, kind of a thing. Nice. So that's been nice. fun. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of cool. There's a there's a cl- show that went on uh, in like a haunted hotel. You know, there's like a lot of cool stuff like happening in a movie theater. Um, 
Um, so there's, there's a fun uh, indie improv, uh, indie stand-up scene going on in Phoenix right now. But, hmm. So yeah. when you say when you say that you you were one of those few people in your peer group that knew what you wanted to do mm-hmm. very early on, so how did you start doing stand-up at 12 out there? What, I mean, what kind of scene did you even get involved in? I uh, Well, my backstory <laughs> uh, from my bio, I ended up, my, I, my intro into comedy was very weird in the sense that uh, I started doing improv comedy before I did stand-up. And I started doing improv because my mom woke up and was sick and tired of me sticking around the house. And so she's like, all the summer camps were full except for improv. So she signed me up. I was supposed to be 16 years old to take this class. She lied about my age. How how old did you look as a 12-year-old? I've always been known to be like way more mature and uh, mature looking than I actually am. So you could go from 12 going on 16. Yeah. How old are you now? I'm 23. Okay. 23 right now. Um so I did that for a couple of years, moved up, ended up being like their youngest uh, member ever. And it's like Arizona's like biggest improv trope. And then a friend of mine, through that, uh, he uh, recommended me to do stand-up. So I ended up taking one of those stand-up classes that sure, they offer. Yeah, sure, yeah. And I stuck with that for a good while until I feel like – I think that a lot of people are down on stand-up classes, but I think – it's a really good way to get like a solid group of material together, you know, without having the struggles of open mic yeah. after open mic. And I was able to meet a lot of good friends and uh, have writing partners and that thing. And once I sort of established that, then I didn't have to take the class. I'm still anymore. friends with uh, some of the guys that I met in my stand up class that I took out here at Acme Comedy. Yeah. And it's the same thing where it's yeah. like you have the ability to sort of, at a comfortable rate, pull together ideas mm-hmm. and material that you've always kind of had and shape it in this safe environment away from just the desolate nature yeah. of open mics. And then you do get to meet some interesting people and you go through the same development phase with each other. And so there's kind of always that relatability yeah. in the sense like we kind of got started in the yeah. same... Stand-up classes are... Uh, it's a fun safety net that, right. you know, once you're able to go away from it, then you should. You don't need to spend $300 every <laughs> eight weeks. Um but and a lot of people give it a bad rap because it's like oh you know anybody thinks they can do stand up and I think that's bullshit because at some point you'll realize even in the class I mean like, there are people <laughs> in my class that dropped out midway through the class and it was only a month long thing yeah you know and and you even even within that kind of time frame you had sure. someone who was like nah you could tell people who were like they're not gonna make it the whole time yeah or people who like as it went on you know and then they're like yeah I'm yeah. gonna do it and then the night of the showcase they still bailed. Yeah, you know, right, and you're right, like, so, yeah. I mean, it's it's that thing of like, yeah, you can say that anyone can do it until you're actually putting yourself on the course to do it, and it's a collision course, and you mm-hmm. realize that there are many people who will just fucking dive off as quickly as possible once they realize what it actually means. Yeah. it's And I think, like, I think it's... it's and a, and a lot of the hometown comics will get this kind of... It kind of hurts them in a bit because a lot of hometown comics will be like, I'm so goddamn funny in Arizona. And then they move to L.A. and have to start at square one again. Like, they're nothing. That's that's every band I've known (laughs) in Arizona as well. And and it's just they don't get it. They think they come – a lot of people come out here thinking they're God's gift to man. And it's just like you have to put in your time. To be able to, I'm it's, still it's, putting it's in my the time. big fish, yeah. right. small pond, small fish, big pond yeah. kind of thing. It's like if you go to Phoenix and you do well in anything, yeah, big fish, small pond, yeah. But, Here's the thing uh, I'm yeah. curious about: as a 12 year old in a sketch troupe, 
what like what kind of sketches were they doing? I mean, like, were you being exposed to a lot of things that you had not really heard about, and you're just kind of rolling with the punches? Um, this is driving. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, there was, there were those things where like all of a sudden it's just like, hey, you're my, you're my, you know. You're my tax auditor, and I'm like, oh, what's that? <laughs> um, but uh, as a 12 year old, it was it was fun because uh, the troop was run by Mormons. So it's it's not only the like most successful troop in uh, in Phoenix. It's squeaky clean. You can't even say God. You have to say wow. like, that's so probably the best improv troop a 12 year old could end up in. I guess. Oh yeah, then. yeah. It's super safe, and like you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you have to play clean, but like, I think it's a great tool because like you do a corporate show or something, and I have that skill, you, gotta, and you yeah, just you make rack up, like you right, know. Yeah, so, yeah. but yeah, that's uh, I mean, that's great. Mormons improv sketch troupe. That's pretty. They're funny. They're really. They're really. They're still going strong. They're expanding. They're a great troupe. How'd you end up with UCB though, right? Because you did something with UCB. Yeah, I uh, I take I took classes with them, and that's that UCB has saved my post college life. Like I desperately love that like sense of creative community, and UCB has like the most vibrant community of anywhere. Are you in UCB out here in LA? Yeah, I'm. I'm currently. I uh, I take I took I've graduated their program. I'm in their advanced level, and then from that, just meeting a bunch of friends, I've been able to form different teams and, and perform all around uh, around the city. I do the theater every now and then, but it's so hard because you know unless you're you know Amy Poehler, there's right. no way you can yeah. get on stage. It's very it's extremely hard to get up on that stage, but uh, it's such a cool. Community. It I, seems like on during the week they do a lot of different shows at the UCBLA. On, oh yeah, uh, on uh, Franklin. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It seems like I don't know. I've I've been there mostly just to see comics I already know, but occasionally I've been there to see the improv stuff. And yeah, I don't know. they have so many good stuff going on at UCB. Like you know, comedy Bang Bang is a great yeah yeah exactly. great stand up. When show. I just see like normal improv, I I tend to get like I get really jaded about comedy in general. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thorn in my side. I don't know what it is. Were you now? Are you because you you start you, you mentioned that you you do stand up. So mm-hmm. well, you do a lot of sketch though as well. So where do you fall now at, at this point in your career? Do you like you, what I favor wait, more? Yeah. What's your what's your greater inclination? Stand up or sketch? It, it, it's uh, it, it really comes in waves. Uh, I've been doing a lot of improv recently just because, like, it's so much fun because I'm in, like, five teams, and we submit to every show in L.A., and all of a sudden, you know, I did, last Saturday, I did, you know, five shows in one night. That was a lot of fun. All improv shows? Yeah, all improv shows. And then... Not with the same troupe? Not with the same troupe, different troops, just nice. bouncing around Jeez. L.A. That was just so much fun. So I, 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 I'm super into improv right now and, like, improv theory, but I do still hit up open mics. I, uh, I'm actually going to be doing... Um, uh, I'm featuring up at a club in uh, San Francisco at the end of the month. So, nice. uh, yeah, I'm looking What's forward. It's a uh, Rooster Tea Feathers in Sunnyvale, <laughs> California. Um, yeah, we'd be there August 30th through September 2nd. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I did it. I did it last February. It's just an amazing club. So I'm super happy to be going back there. But yeah, so I'm trying to find like that balance. I've never had been able to like have it where everything's going well. Together, yeah. like it's what comedian has. 
exactly right yeah well it seems like with the improv troops you don't there's no i mean a quote-unquote famous improv troops are never really you know it's not like a, a famous stage show you know what i mean no it's only gonna be whose like line is it anyway you know but even that, even, then, even yeah, that's just... not a famous stage show it's only no. a famous tv show exactly. you know what i'm saying like i think that the average person wouldn't know that it started as like they wouldn't a stage they show. wouldn't know that but the people in the industry if you're looking to launch a career know know those those good troops and those good shows to be on and they're constantly at sure, ucb sure. what and, i'm saying uh, is like what when they yeah. take their improv troupe and do uh, a tv show of some kind that's when it becomes like oh that's a thing yeah. you know what i mean like when you so become the state it. or something yeah, like yeah. yeah 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 even then like i don't know i mean i know that uh kids in the hall toured uh even after they did their show mm-hmm. they had a recent tour you know did they i heard that i don't know if they still do i don't think they still do those are very infrequent kind of one-off yeah. things, I think. Yeah, so yeah. it's it you know it's a weird thing. Whereas like as a stand-up, you could just that could just be what you do, and yeah. touring is like it's sort of expected and everything else like that. The so. communities between stand-up and improv are very different too, and I it's interesting because like uh, stand-up and I mean uh, improv in general, it's all about agreeing and like being nice to people. So. It's a lot more of a positive community where stand up. A lot of people are just really self obsessed and are constantly. Uh, it's much more communal. I feel like yeah. with improv. Yeah, people, uh, people, uh, yeah, think that somehow stand up is a competition, and it's just it's not. And it's just it's amazes it amazes me how how that mentality can still exist. I feel, but yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing yeah, that you yeah. feel like with comics, where it's that sense of uh, a reluctance. Too, if you see someone with a joke that you think is funny, but you feel like, hey, like if you took this different tack on it, you could you could make this joke. You could, yeah, you could hit it with a harder punch. You know, yeah. Because a lot of comics are very reluctant to give that advice to, to be someone. able to help. If we all like got each other's back, we'd all be right. way funnier than we are now. Which is a sense of it's a, especially <laughs> I think you know I as a person who hosts a lot of shows mm-hmm. and you know is always kind of mingling with comics from that from that respect it's that sense of i always enjoy pointing out to another comic especially if it's a friend of mine hey do this thing and your set is going to be better at like oh i do this thing and this joke all of a sudden takes on a new life form because if that person is funnier then it's easier for me to get up as a host and bring on the next comic who then in turn their job is easier because everyone's already having a good time yeah and it's that sense of it's a difference in viewing the show as a competition as opposed to this continuum of entertainment where it's just yeah. like you're like I think the best example I could uh, sorry for the sports Mitch but like in in, uh, in basketball practice where you've got the the drill where you you just keep going in line and you're throwing the basketball off the board and you just you're keeping it up you know kind of like a rebound drill you know like yeah. just follow it and just keep the ball up keep it up keep it up keep it up and then finally the last person in line will go ahead and just bounce it in and lay it up off the off the glass you know but it's that sense of I feel like that's what a comedy show is supposed to be, where whoever is going up next, it's just the same flow, the same rhythm. No one's trying to fucking like grab it in the middle of the exercise and dunk on everybody and be like, ha-ha, fuck you guys. Yeah, the, the best shows and, and the ones I like doing, I've been doing recently, is is just maybe through the podcast, maybe just being in the scene while, is like is that thing where it's like it's a bunch of comic friends of mine and I hanging out, and it's like, oh, it's your turn. And it's like, you know, when you have a good show versus... 
uh, a couple of good comedians is a totally different vibe. When you have a good show, you feel like, okay, we all came together as a group and made a good show just individually. I'm with you there, yeah. Yeah, like, and there's so many, like, and there are those shows that are very collaborative and we help out each other, and I think think they're really taking off and i think there's like a definite demand for that like i don't know do you familiar with the show that goes on downtown uh holy fuck yeah yeah, yeah. that like you I know i don't yeah, yeah. know dave ross pretty well and uh jake weissman and you know they're super great guys and they're really funny and they all you know have their friends come and you know they help each other out and it's become was it la times had like the 10 best uh comedy shows going around right. and that was one of them and it's completely deserved it's such a Awesome scene. Well, here's here's my here's my question to you. So you do as a as a guy who's kind of balancing back and forth between stand up and improv, mm-hmm. and you can kind of tell the difference. So uh, if someone, if you're you're talking with you know there's a comic out there and they they have the interest on both stand up versus more sketch structured improv, what would you recommend as an advice to someone pursuing those? Like if you say, all right, you want to be improv, like this is the thing that you should know if you're going to do a more Traditional improv track versus stand up. I think it. I think it's really a personality thing. I think it's like you need to look at yourself and say, "Are you a team player by nature, or are you if a you, dirty narcissist? Yeah, or or, <laughs> or or are you, you know, somebody who likes, you know, your own writing process and doing your own thing? Do stand up. If you're a team player, do improv. But you can certainly switch back and forth. There's so many people that do both of those. They help each other out. I right. think. Uh, you know, the ability to just be able to riff, to be able to, you know... Riffing. Hey, to be able to straight <laughs> riffing. Yeah. I, it, it's all good. It all helps. It's, it helps out no. your your, uh, your craft. We're talking a lot of shop. I like this. No, this it's, good. it's good. Do yeah. you not normally talk a lot of shop? No, I don't get the opportunity to really geek out about comedy well, and comedy yeah. theory a lot. It's, so a, it's, an inter- it's an interesting thing, I feel like, because I, I always did a lot of improv, uh, and I find that the thing that carries over most to stand-up is that sense of... of when I when you're hearing something like my improv training as well too came a lot with speech and debate so you know you like get a prompt or whatever that could have been humorous could have been not and then you've got to go and put on the fly but it's that sense of no matter what is thrown at you your brain immediately starts to formulate things in the sense of building this very lateral narrative kind of thing where you mm-hmm. can like before you even get to speaking it out loud you know what platform you're going to leap from you know yeah and i think it makes it easier as a comedian when you have that sense of command over everything that you're going to say because there's no thin ice or there's no trouble spot do you know what i mean in the sense that, like, no matter what happens, even if someone from the audience throws something out at you and it throws you off base for a little moment, you're always going to recover with solid footing, which is the thing that improv teaches you. I feel like a lot of comics can't handle that very well. Do you know? No, yeah, and I think that because improv, especially UCB's style of improv, is all about being yourself. And if you're able, if your act, your jokes come from, like, you know, being you and being yourself. I, I don't think you can fail. I don't think you can really fail at being yourself. It's these comics who have this, like, 
weird fake persona of just like who the fuck are you? Yeah, yeah, this <laughs> like, real artificial effect that yeah, you you're not like those guys. Like I, I, I thought it was a '90s thing, but I still see it to this day. Those guys, it bugs the shit out of me. Those comics that wear the fucking '90s comedian shirt, you know, that's like that faux like Tommy Bahama like yeah. bowling kind of thing, and it's like who, like no, who are you? <laughs> Nobody wears that. <laughs> nobody, nobody, nobody ever wears that. Like maybe on the CBS sitcom. Yeah, maybe. exactly. Unless you're, you know, George Lopez when he's doing TBS shows or something. But yeah, like uh, I remember, I read a I read an article uh, the other day. It was it was the transcript of Patton Oswalt's. Uh, was it Montreal Comedy Fest? Yeah, the his, opening his thing? Ke- keynote. I love it. And it was interesting to see that he he, he said he, he remembers the day that. The world changed when Johnny Carson left the Tonight Show, and he was like, "Yeah," because there was like an entire group of comedians that were like, "Well, I, I'm I'm out." Yeah, you know what I mean? Because they were like, all you needed to do was get on Johnny Carson, mm-hmm. and your your career was made. So it was like everything you did up until that point was just pre Johnny Carson. This is my this is what I'm working on so that I can get on Johnny Carson. Yeah, and if he invites me on the couch, fucking game's over. You know what yeah. I mean? Or games on, really. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's not like that anymore. And I think about that when I see comics, you know, and I've, I've had people comment to me and stuff like that. I was like, oh, yeah, you just get together a solid seven or solid ten and, you know, send out your demo tape. And I'm always like, but I'm not ever going to do this material again. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that, that'll be my seven minute set that night. Like, I'll still have those jokes and I'll work them into other sets, but mm-hmm. I, I can't. I think the you know approach. I mean, I mean you, you you get a you get a more uh, you know fractured approach from people where you don't have one track to comedy glory where it's like you know you do the clubs you get on a Carson you get a network deal you right know, right you get a sitcom and then bam you just tour for whatever reasons and then you know you're in Valhalla for comedy it's it's this weird nebulous thing now where like you've you got don't a million, have to do that you've got a million different ways you to put get in one video on YouTube you have a series that's, right and then it's called it's always sunny in philadelphia yeah or you you get <laughs> that's yeah like, that's how it you know you you have a amazing. great you have a shit my dad says twitter feed yeah. and all of a sudden you've got a cbs pilot friend of mine uh girl i know uh pat Oswalt started following her on twitter started reposting her tweets and now she's gonna be on uh the new nbc show up all night Right. What? What? Who is this? Maybe I know her. Uh, Charlene de Guzman. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, Pat Nolf is a good example, though, because I remember reading an interview with him, and uh, someone was asking him kind of about the same thing that you're talking about. Well, what's sort of the biggest shift you've seen in comedy in recent times? And what he was talking about is uh, putting together, you know, a tour in the sense of. Nowadays, you can just have your manager bring you five comics on YouTube mm-hmm. and just be like, check these guys out. And yeah. you go, yeah, I like these three. We're going to bring them on tour now. I'm going to save the other two for a tour later on. But, you know, I mean, it's that sense of we don't, you don't need a solid seven or ten to tour on for the next 15 years. You need a solid seven or ten to get you a shot. Right, at right. Doing yeah. the tour, and then the tour, like everything's accelerated now in comedy. I yeah. feel like it's in that sense, and there's a lot of people who feel like it's still that slow grind kind of thing, where it's like it is to a degree. Yeah. But it's also how you can swing from hook to hook has moved yeah. up faster. When well, I got I when I got signed, it was now. off of a one minute clip. 
from a YouTube. Thing. What clip was that? What'd you do? What was the? Uh, I was at the Hollywood Improv. It was a set I did for this um, competition show for uh, TBS, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I. I after college, I just burned out a little DVD, sent it out, and the guy's like, all right, come in, meet with me, t- signed. So, yeah, that's how I got my commercial agent, you know, and nice. my theatrical agent. But I think, like, I, I don't think like a, a lot of comics should really necessarily have to worry about that. I think, like, your job is if you stay focused and just be funny and try to help your friends be funny and build your connections up – that that stuff will come Take to care you. Of itself. It's so much more rewarding for all that shit to come to you rather than you going to it. Right. I think. I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's one. Of, I think that's one of the things that we've always. I yeah. mean, that's that's kind of what this show has really always been about since the very beginning. As Senzo, you know. Uh, from it's from it's like when Sean I was invited ben on. Said, do your own. Yeah, thing, right. Man. Hey, are you are you an actor? Are you a riffer? <laughs> Just riff your own riff. Yeah. But it's it's since like yeah, since I was you know invited on as, as the first guest, it was really this thing of like we're just going to bring in our friends and just have a good time and talk as friends talk, you know, and yeah. and, and build a forum where people can be comfortable and talk about things without mm-hmm. any kind of restrictive or oppressive nature around them. Yeah, and it's and it's that sense of like if anyone comes to to the podcast and I'm like, oh, we like what you do, here's mm-hmm. some suggestions. We're like, we don't we don't need your suggestions. Yeah, because that's not the era anymore, you know. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that that comedy represents more so I think I think like you've seen it as a struggle still in the more traditional entertainment avenues of music especially with mm-hmm. file sharing and how the you know the labels have reacted or to how it. Louis CK now just does his own Right exactly you know you know, you, you get a $5 bo- special you know what drives me nuts is like literally like the, makes a million dollars when I had uh, 4.5 million yeah. when I'd filmed my last like I filmed a, a 45 minute set on my birthday last year or whenever I guess it wasn't I don't know maybe it was last year yeah I guess it would have been um and i remember going like oh what the fuck do i do with this i don't want to put out another dvd blah blah and i was like maybe i'll just put the whole damn thing on youtube and like collect all the you know collect the ad money basically you know what i mean and uh i didn't ultimately end up doing it but like the day i was like yeah yeah that'd be a good idea that's the way i'll do it uh that's when he announced like he was doing that and everybody's like how genius and i was like damn it i was literally gonna (laughs) but it's like I wouldn't get anywhere near that much. And it's like, yeah, that's a great avenue if you have an audience that you know will find it. And yeah. things like that's why Aziz and Jim well, Gaffigan and I guess Joe Rogan's going to do one too. It's like a lot of these comics are doing that. It's like, yeah, that's great if you have that already. Well, that's great. All but you have to have is something creative and unique. And for that one, those people who are watching it to go start sharing it with their friends. And that's, you know, that's how, like, these things spread. Yeah, yeah, it's that viral. But that's the thing yeah. is, like, unfortunately, when it comes to, like, viral stuff, you've it's got, you got to catch, like... getting idiots. You know? Yeah, well, it's, uh, yeah, you got to catch them in, like, the first, like, 15 or 20 seconds. So it needs to be something that's, like, uh, that's... Um, Cats. Yeah. that's <laughs> common enough as a thread that, yeah. that people can just share it around. If you have anything that's slightly nuanced, it's much more difficult for that to catch on or go viral or mm-hmm. things like that. And that's why you see so much, like... Just appealing to the lowest base of whatever have you. Do you watch any of that? Uh, do, uh, the five second films. Uh, yeah, yeah. Watch those. Of those. Fun. Yeah, yeah. Those are great. Those are very crab walking. Yeah, yeah. Crab walking. But I, I think like the last uh, piece of like a comedic shop talk. I'd say the one thing that really changed my game and like approach to comedy was I was so fortunate enough to uh, have a lengthy conversation with George Carlin. 
before he died. He was at the uh, son of a bitch. I know. He was at the the Grove uh, at a Barnes and Noble signing books, and I didn't even. I was just like got out of a movie. Was walking by, saw he was there. Like holy shit, my what movie did you? My see? God, I don't remember. This was years ago. Probably something. I saw some Tyler Perry. Exactly. That's, that's the only. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only thing that gets me into the theaters these days. Is Tyler Perry. <laughs> what is that Medea gonna do next? She's so crazy. Um, but I saw him. He was he was signing books. So I went up, got a book. And I said, Mr. Carlin, I'm a aspiring comedian. All I have was one question is, what's your process? Because I just want to know how did he fucking do what he does. Right, right. And he just hold He said, guys, I'm going to hold up the line for a little bit. And, like, just talk to me for 20 minutes. And the one thing he said that really, you know, a lot of things he said have really stuck out. But the biggest thing that I think changed my life, he says, there's three kinds of comedians in the world. There's the uh, the jester, the philosopher, and the poet. And the jester is a kind of comedian who just likes to say, he says funny things to get a laugh. The philosopher is a guy who can make people laugh, but still have some sort of a message. And he said, and the poet, which is what I try to do and what I think any comedian wants to be, is the guy who is the jester and the philosopher, but then also uses a beautiful language to convey those jokes. And that was kind of like, wow. I need to start talking about, you know, things that are important to me and not like my dick and airplanes yeah. together, you know, or something. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um yeah, that was that was a, when your dick is out on an airplane. <laughs> I've written a poem about it. Yeah. That was that was my uh my I was like one of the most life changing experiences I had was meeting him. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Lucky, lucky. He's So a, who are who are your who are your formative comedic influences? Like who are alive or like no all time all time all time. What really got me was because uh, I grew up in like a super Christiany kind of community. I went to like have you ever seen the documentary Jesus Camp? Yeah, it's, it's kind of almost that bad. Like and wow. and my parents aren't that strict. That they just they just thought it would be Ted like. That wasn't no, no, That's that was a different close. one. But um, he's an, uh, he was in a different one. They, they sent me to it because they're like, ah, oh, you know, he, if he gets a good, you know, Christian education, he'll come out all right. right. Um, so I didn't, you know, I was kind of sheltered, and then I was going through my dad's record collection. I got uh, George Carlin's Back in Town, and so I put that on, and that just blew my mind. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, sinners are funny, and like <laughs> I like funny people, and yeah, like that can't, yeah. and that can't be bad. And so I started investigating more people like George Carlin. So I got really into Sam Kennison, and mm. I got really into Bill Hicks. So those three are what started me. See, Kennison was like the was like the patron saint of Arizona. Oh yeah, because he was like did he tra- trails commercials, and I think he lived there for a short while. Oh before really? He died. Was like that. Yeah, he did a bunch of like trails commercials. You remember trails? Trails. That's him. Yeah, uh, trails. Well, they used to have these commercials. They were like trails. Yeah, and they you know how they just show the inside of the store and yeah. play metal. Yeah. Like they would do that, but then they'd sh- they'd they'd uh, <laughs> smash cut to like him with two girls inside yeah. the store, and he'd be like, "Cut to trails, yeah." And yeah. it was like, oh, Sam Kinison shops at Trails. So, yeah. Anyway. But no, I remember, you know, really distinctly remember, you know, going on LimeWire and downloading an entire Kennison album. And then I listened to that. I remember that one famous joke he has about uh, uh, World Aid to Africa. Yeah, yeah. And where he's just like, get... move where the food is. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I just 
pissed myself laughing. I thought it was the funniest fucking thing in the world. And I was like, I have to do that. I want to be able to say the darkest shit I can possibly think of and make people laugh, and they like me. So this is after you, but this is after you were already doing your uh, your twelve year old sketch shoot. This stuff. was like during, yeah. This was like during that age. So like, you'd already you'd already kind of got an idea of what comedy was and, and that this yeah. thing. Yeah, well, like at, at that point, improv to me was just kind of like. Oh, well, you know, fun thing to do on a Thursday night is to go do some make em ups and goof around. <laughs> but like, make-em-ups. yeah, but, uh, you're a funny hat and sing a song. Hey. All right, I got you. <laughs> Yo, We're going to do party quirks. Make em ups is fucking yeah. straight up old West terminology, dude. That's yeah. great. Yeah, so, uh, got some make em ups around these. But days. it wasn't until I started really listening to like stand up that I'm like, oh shit, I need to do this now. So, yeah, yeah I love it. I love hmm. those. Those those were the three that I really that got me into it. Now I don't listen to them as much anymore. I'm more into like yeah. comics that I can still see. <laughs> you know, they're still alive. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I I tend to like a lot of like Maria Bamford and that kind of that kind of crowd. Um, that and just a lot of the comics that I see at shows that I do shows with are super inspiring to me too so do you do a lot of voices then if you're if you're big in the to bamford or are you just kind of uh no i just i'm i'm very dig her style kind of i dig her i think she's the funniest female comedian ever because she doesn't do the ploy of like talking about you know you know i am my vagina or she's not doing like the kathy griffin kind of yeah. Thing she does, she talks about just the craziest shit. Her watching her do stand up is watching somebody like just pull a cork off the top of the, their head and just let all the weird thoughts just come pouring out. I like she's amazing to me. But yeah, and I've put, per, per, performed with her a couple of times too. So she's really she's a really nice lady. But yeah, yeah, would love to get her on here at some point. I uh, I, I went to a show, uh, one of the Rick Shapiro benefits and. Uh, the first one, I guess. Now there's going to be a second one. That's why I say one of. Um, and Jim Jeffries and Maria Bamford were performing, which is an odd mix. And uh, she went on. I think she went on after him, but I was sitting next to her when he was on stage. Yeah. And that was an interesting. Uh, it was an interesting evening. Yeah. Because like Jim Jeffries of all people, you know what I mean. And uh, she was laughing at a couple things, but there was a couple times that she just went, "Oh no!" <laughs> yeah. Like I heard her say it like under her breath. She was like, "Oh no!" Oh yeah, I've I've heard that too. Because like I go, I like to watch her show uh, that she hosts. Uh, What's up, Tiger Lily? Down no, in uh, that, yeah. down in Hollywood, and she she'll like book you know comics are just super depressing and dark like I've seen her do the oh no to like Mark Maron and like, <laughs> you know, that, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing but yeah she's great yeah good good her. stuff we are uh, about out of time cool. I, I feel bad that our, our video feed like crashed on us but the audio is still going so yeah, we're okay yeah, oh no they don't get to weird. see this beautiful yeah, beautiful yeah. I gotta I gotta fix my shit it's okay it's like, dual monitors bro got us. it's yeah, got man. nothing to do with the dual monitors you got too extravagant you too fancy got nothing to, no it was already fucked up before I even got them well. before they even arrived in fact it's actually run better since I got them so in Perhaps. a way per chance yeah uh, well Cody uh, where can the people find you you can find me at uh 
I, I don't have my own personal website just because I don't want to pay for a domain. I think in this day and age is fucking ridiculous. So I have codycop.tumblr.com. You should always have your own domain. Yeah. Just forward it if you have to. Yeah. You want to get it before somebody we'll else pay does. Pay for hosting or that kind of thing. You don't need to pay for hosting. Just forward the shit. Yeah. It's okay. It's like a dollar on GoDaddy. See, this is, this is going to back to the Matrix shit that I don't understand. <laughs> See? I need See? one of you hacktivists. Yo, I'm telling me. you, man. I had to. Mitch I, is the, Mitch look, is the I bought, fucking web I, guru. I bought his domain. I had to buy Justin. I didn't know he domain. bought it. He just bought yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We GoDaddy. I bought. Uh, yeah, for yours I used GoDaddy, uh, and then for Justin's I had to go through a. Somebody was his his domain expired, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Fuck! I have to get this before it gets to the open market." And I got into a bidding war with some fucking asshole. Apparently, he's like a priest or some shit. So yeah. it felt really good to win. That's that. good. <laughs> Cost me <laughs> about ten times as much as it would have had I just mm-hmm. bought it on the open market. But yeah. I needed to make sure that somebody else didn't grab his domain. Because I think it's on his business cards, and that's important. Yeah. So yeah, I own I own a few comics domains and a shitload of my own. So, yeah. You know, so yeah, uh, good the, idea. The Tumblr. Um, I'm at Twitter, which is at uh, Officer underscore Cop, and then K O P P K O P P, and then uh, hit me up on Facebook. Just type in my name. There's only about five Cody cops in the world, and I'm friends with all of them. <laughs> Just <laughs> did a thing. Yeah, like, right? Yeah. Know thy enemy. No, we like still, every now and then we'll like check up on each other. We'll just be like, hey, me, how's it going? <laughs> me in Iowa. Hey, did you on? get any weird friend requests lately that might have been meant for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like going to somebody else's mail. Hey, you ever get any mail for me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that old, you ever, you ever hear that old, old, uh, uh, the longest telephone prank ever is you call up a house and you ask for so-and-so and you do this over the course of like two years and then you show up one day and you go, hey, I'm Steve or whoever. I get any calls? Did I get any calls? Yeah. No, I never heard of that. It'd be the same thing with the... Fr- that's probably why you have them on your friend's request. So yeah. you can be I'm like, afraid hey. to crank call people. I tried that once. It didn't go out, turn out well. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, let's crank call somebody. And then uh, and then I ended up just having a normal conversation with a stranger. <laughs> and like the guy had just gone through a divorce. And, like, Tough. and I was like in the eighth grade. I'm like, oh, man. Uh, I I don't need to buy a pizza. Bye. You know, just like, your, your refrigerator's fine. That dude probably was so excited to talk to somebody. He's like, yeah, finally, human yeah. connection. And they're like, oh, shit, man. Yeah. I used to. I used Is your to refrigerator call. running? No, she took it. <laughs> no, I got a I got a bucket of ice in the in the sink instead. That's depressing. That's replaced every day. <laughs> I used to go to the the white pages and look at oh, last names that sounded like insults and then call people up and just be like, you fucking whatever the last uh, Jagoff was one of them. Mm-hmm. Schmutz. Oh. There was one schmuck in Arizona. Real mature. And uh, they, were, they were really, yeah, but I, by the last name, you know what I'm saying? Tying and I saw in. schmutz, and I was like, schmutz sounds close enough to schmuck. It sounds like an insult. So yeah. I called up and I was like, you fucking schmutz. And then, uh, you know, <laughs> I just hang up. <laughs> you fucking jag off. And they'd be like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you are saying yeah. this one the Hebrew one hates uh, the uh, well, do you know, shows you know, or anything so, coming up, by the way? Uh, I do. Uh, August 8th, I am, if you want to see an improv show, one of my troops, Kanye West, 
is going to uh. be uh, <laughs> at a really popular uh, indie improv show called Room 101. And then uh, uh, August 9th, I'm going to be at I.O. West's uh, Cage Match. And then if you happen to be in the Bay Area the end of the month, come see me at Rooster Teeth Feathers. And I got a whole calendar thing on my Tumblr. Check out Sweet. all my dates. So, yeah. Good shit, man. Good shit. Yeah. Well, thanks for swinging by. Hope you had a good time. Teddy, what do you got coming up? Oh, uh, man, just uh, the streets, you know what I'm saying, running. I have seen you perform three times in the last month, and every time I ask you if you got anything coming up, you have nothing. No. Yeah, I always forget about it until yeah, it's I know. too late. I think it might be at the Improv this Sunday, bitches. All right, there uh, you no, go. No, Saturday, Ice House. I'm there. Holler your boy. Flavor Flav. Good night, love. bitches. Good night. Night. Thanks for listening to Straight Riffin'. You can catch all past and future episodes of Straight Riffin' on the official website, riffin.net, R-I-F-F-I-N.net. Keep in mind, we do air live every Monday night from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific time. That's 10 p.m. to midnight for you East Coasters. You can actually watch that right on Facebook, on our fan page, facebook.com slash straightriffin'. Like us, check out the Ustream page. You can even chat while we're doing the show. That's how we interact with the fans. We thank you so much for listening. Check out Riffin.net. Buy my album. Buy Teddy's album. We'll catch you again next time. It ripped the fuck on, bitches.